The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. G-L-E-S Eagles Here we are, yes um, hey! Welcome in, everybody Tone is back, hanging with us Hope you guys are doing great I'm Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network What's up, Tone? Welcome back, bud Oh, man, I'm doing well, man I appreciate you for asking uh, Glad to be back Glad to be back here with the beautiful people, man We're going to have a fun show today, man A lot to talk about uh, your Philadelphia Eagles are ten and one, man. Uh, what a what a what a beautiful place to be, um, at this point in the season. Um, they were ten and one last year, so it's almost kind of like deja vu. But mm -hmm. there's still some minor differences, um, in the way things have uh, been going for the Philadelphia Eagles. But still, ten and one is ten and one, and they're on the fast track to the number one seed, man. So we we, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, what's up, Dewood? I think Daywood, uh, uh, Bry Guy, Tina, William. The Fandalorian, uh, Philly 07, Carlos, Eric, M. Reyes, Tampa Eagle, Jim G. If I'm missing anybody, sorry. Uh, good to see all you guys. Appreciate you hanging with us uh, on this Wednesday. I haven't. I forgot to give you the countdown. 101 hours and 21 minutes until 49ers Eagles. I want to start there, Tone. Because, and I was talking about this yesterday with Bill. Usually, Wednesday is the turn day. You know, it's the day where you kind of, you're about halfway home and then, all right, I'm coming around the bend and I'm going to start lo looking at what's in front of me as opposed to what was behind me. Right. We we literally gave that game, that Bills game that was absolutely incredible, that ends with a walk-off in, in, you know, in OT essentially uh, by Jalen. Virtually no time. And we've been on the Niners almost since that game ended. Yeah, that, that's just kind of where we are at this point. Um, this week already is at a fever pitch for this game. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like by the time we get to Saturday and then Sunday before kickoff, because it's already nuts. Like this is playoff stuff already. Look, man, um, I have no, I have no qualms with the 49ers confidence. I have, I, I you know, I, I have no problem with, you know, wanting to play your best against the best. I, I, I have no problem with guys, you know, just even, 
with the casual trash talk. You know, where my problem comes in is where you believe you deserve something that you don't. I think that's where my real issue comes in with the 49ers. You see the language they speak with. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, for example, last year, Eagles got extremely lucky, right? Um, Christian McCaffrey, it feels like something was stolen. Yep. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, James Bradbury is trash, and I stand by that. I have no regrets about what I said. You know what I mean? It's it, it, there, There's a certain, you know, uh, there's a certain language, a certain mentality that they've been approaching uh, this upcoming matchup with that I'm not really a fan of. Again, I'm all for the competitive juices flowing. I'm all about you wanting to prove that you're the best and living in the moment, right? But when you start talking as if you've already won or someone stole something from you, yeah, we did steal something from you. We stole your dignity. We stole your pride. Because think about how you're talking now, right? You're so caught up on yesteryear, you're not even focused on what's in front of you. And that kind of mentality is why guys lose in the end. You know, they're the 49ers are a talented team, top to bottom. No one will ever question their pedigree. But I question their mindset. I question their dogma. You know, I question uh the things they believe in. And when you when you operate on that frequency the way they do, you'll never win the Super Bowl. The frequency that the Eagles operate under, keeping the main thing the main thing, always playing to the standard, always focusing on being one and no. Every opponent is just a stepping stone to the ultimate goal. That's how you win championships. So I, I want the 49ers to keep this up because we already know how it's going to go down on Sunday. Yeah, it's – I feel like the Eagles really almost from Jump Street when this thing ended, when when all the shots are being fired from the other side, have taken the high road. And the smartest thing they can do, Tone, is continue that this week. Just stay about the game, stay about your business and the task at hand. A- instead of all the they got lucky nonsense, all the other stuff that they keep throwing out there, I, I think the Eagles thus far have played this thing perfectly, and I have no doubt they'll continue to do so, but just don't take the bait and get involved. I don't think they will. The leadership is too good here from the coaches and the players and everybody else involved in the organization. But the 49ers at every turn – now, they're a hell of a team, by the way. But the 49ers at every turn have embarrassed themselves since that game ended and and, and done the what-if game. And if our quarterback hadn't got hurt, this and that, I mean, and we're going to go back and look at the NFC Championship game in a little bit in the show. But to me, like the the way that they've handled it is loser vibes. It just is. Great team, but loser vibe mentality as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, Hassan Reddick said something pretty key. Talk is cheap. Yep. It was was a lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here, line that shit up, and prove it again. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality I want to hear my guys say because you know the Eagles have been pretty passive about you know what the 49ers have been saying. They haven't really responded, right? They've yeah. been those guys kind of talk, right? But like Hassan Reddick said, all that talking that you're spewing, all 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 that vitriol, all that animus that you have, okay, save that for Sunday because you're not going to win it throughout the week. Save it for Sunday. All that energy that you have, save it for Sunday because. Best believe we coming and we coming in hot. You see, you know, a lot of people right now, the Eagles are ten and one, but there's something about the Philadelphia Eagles that a lot of other teams or a lot of people in, uh, in media they they're still trying to figure it out, right? This yeah. team ten and one, but they still look how they look. You know what is that, right? To me, that's a sleeping dog. And last time I checked, sleeping dogs still bite. So the 49ers. They better be careful. Remember, they're coming into Lincoln Financial Field. We're not going to Candlestick. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
flair or however you want to put it. You know, we're, 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 you know, we're not going. They're, you're coming here. You an old school candlestick. I like it. You know, you know what I mean. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Just, just, just make sure, you know, you tread lightly, and you yeah. walk soft. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you, you know, it's, there's look, there's a lot we're going to dive into with this thing, and there are there. I'll tell you what concerns me a little bit more than even all the nonsense from the Niners side. Eagles injuries. Eagles injuries are pretty real. Jeff McLean's reporting that Zach Cunningham won't play this week. They lost him in the game uh, to the Bills. Now, Shaq Leonard is in town. He landed at the airport. Johnny Airport, John Clark uh, caught the caught the picture of him. Props to John. He he owns the airport like no one. Um, but he got a shot at Big Dom and Shaq Leonard, you know, uh, you know, at, at the airport. He's headed to the Eagles facility to work out. I, I know the Eagles, if he looks good enough in these workouts. There's no way he's leaving town because he visited the Cowboys yesterday. That won't happen. Now, if he does leave town, it'll tell you something about where he's at physically, in my opinion. Just, just my opinion. Right. Um, so that could that could be an addition that you need. You need a body. Um, that's for sure. That worries me a little bit. It worries me a lot more. Like people are really concerned about the Niners being the favorite in Vegas, depending on where you look, uh, two and a half, three points, whatever the case may be. I don't worry about that as much. I think it's good, actually, from an Eagles standpoint. What other way can you continue to fuel a fire for a ten and one team? They let don't the get other it. Team, let let them yap and let let you know the 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 people in the in the desert say that they're three point favorites. Great or, or underdogs. Excuse me. Great. Good. Good. As if they needed anything, they didn't. As as Kelsey said last week, I don't need anything to motivate me. But you know what? Okay, sprinkle a little bit of that in there. I'm telling you, Tone, the early portion of this stuff is setting up well for the Eagles. It just is with all the extraneous crap. I don't think pe- people have still haven't learned. And this is what I mean by this. The Philadelphia Eagles live in the mud. Yeah. They operate so well in this environment, in this ecosystem that sports media, that sports betting markets are cultivating. But they're used to being the underdog. They're used to being the team that's overlooked. The team is not talked about enough. The team is not respected. They operate so well in this environment that they don't realize that they're putting kerosene on a ticking time bomb. <laughs> they don't get it. Yep. But it's okay though, because we operate well into this. You know, we we you know you and I have covered this game, and we operate well into this. You know, I operate well. From being doubted and being disrespected yep. and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm real big on wanting to prove somebody wrong. I'm real mm-hmm. big on that. So it's okay. This is the culture of the city, the culture of the organization, the culture of the team, the players. However you want to slice it, it's the even even the Eagles' colors. If you just look at it, it just looks militant. Just looks <laughs> just looks like a team that's ready to go to war. You know, it's not yeah. some you're not some fancy bright Almost you camouflage. know camouflage. Yeah, yeah, you know, not some fancy yellow gold and you know some. Uh, some, some, uh, some red yeah, or yeah. whatever, what, whatever the 49ers colors are, you know what I mean? What, you know, whatever that tall paper some looks red. like, yeah, no, I got you know it. what I mean? It's, you yeah. know, the, the, the fact of the matter is when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you see war, you see, you see battle, you see yeah. guys that are hardened. I look at the 49ers and I see guys that drink wine spritzers. So it is what it is, man. They yeah. know what's coming and that's why they're trying to hedge their bet. They're doing everything to psych us out, but they don't realize this is our playpen. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you bring your own toys because we ain't sharing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, so a couple other things. I, I like this. This is cool. This will this will add to the fun on Sunday. So Deshaun Jackson is going to retire as an Eagle, and he's the honorary captain uh, on Sunday. You Wait, know, hold on, Rob. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. Look at this. Look at this guy. 
I would love some rain for Purdy and some short dump off CMC. Look at this. Look at this guy. You sound you sound nervous as hell. Well, you want some rain? We're already going weather conditions. And, you and, want and, some and, rain and some short dump offs? Look at him. Now is all day normally talk stress. Look at him. He's all trying to game plan now. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. I smell. Y'all know how it goes. Yes. I smell mm-hmm. fear. Uh huh. Yep. No, I got you. I got you. Uh huh. <laughs> But let's add some fun to this thing with Djax because you know he's going to get the place going insane mm-hmm. when he walks out to the field. So he's going to retire as an Eagle. They're going to make him the honorary captain, which is cool. Nice move. Nice move by the birds. He's definitely an Eagle. I mean, yes, he spent time other places, but we know what he is. He, he's an Eagle. So that's cool. I like that. They're, they're, they're doing they're subtle moves here uh, from the Eagles just to, just to continue the hype train of what uh, what Sunday's going to look like, man. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's going to be exciting. Awesome. You, know, you know what's so funny, man? Um. Each week, the Eagles seem to trump the previous week in terms of like which game was the biggest or the most exciting. Or, yeah, um, in my humble opinion, the Bills game qualifies as, as an instant classic. You know, we're going to remember that game for a long time. That's the kind of game that goes on the guy's resume. You know, Michael Vick has the infamous Miracle of Meadowlands um, part two, and, and that, so does Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun has that on the resume. Uh, Jalen and those boys have this had the Bills game on their resume. Uh, they also got the Chiefs one. If you want to add that in too, it's just, man, there's never fight against, never fight against destiny, man. Yeah, no, you, I, you, listen, you, you'll I'm, never win. I'm with you. So, like, think about just I, let me back up your point here. The way that, and we all knew before the before the season started, the schedule was going to be a challenge and all that, and the gauntlet word has been thrown around for these games, you know. But think about how big that Miami game was week seven, Miami came in, you know, pretty much rolling and, and just, just destroying teams from an offensive perspective. That was a massive, massive game. Eagles beat them 31, 17, two weeks later, it's Dallas. Eagles never beat Dak Prescott. You know, it's all kinds of hype leading up to that game. Boom. They win that game. So you, you talk about starting week seven, two out of the three weeks, it, it was the most hype game in the NFL by week. You're coming back against Kansas City at their place, Super Bowl rematch against Andy Reid off of a bye. The Eagles going in there to that place and start the game off getting smoked down 17 to 7, come back and win 21 17. Biggest game of the week. The next week, Buffalo. Oh, they, they maybe they found their footing because they won the week before and they can't lose a game. And they're coming in here and, and Josh Allen looks like he's got this thing figured out. They get down 17 to 7 again. They come back and they win 37-34 in overtime. Also, the, the the best game of the previous week. By far, instant classic, as you said, dead on. Game what we you look back, especially if they win a Super Bowl, and you say, Remember that game? Remember that Sunday game against Buffalo? It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest game, and it's not even debatable, is the Eagles and the 49ers. For every, even if they didn't talk smack, it's a rematch of the NFC championship game. But San Fran comes in here after the bye rolling. Eagles five in a row. Eagles are 10 and one. They're eight and three. They're, everything's on the line in terms of seeding and that one seed and how critical that is. But you add in all the extraneous stuff, all the talking that San Francisco's done. By far, th- this game will destroy every other team, every other game ratings-wise. Then the next week, you're at Dallas again. Dallas wants revenge. Dallas is right there nipping at the Eagles' heels. Dallas coming off 10 days rest, like they always seem to be when they mm-hmm. play the Eagles in this situation. Like, Every week, Tone, and, and my point is, A, the Eagles are the draw in the NFL. B, if you're not playoff tested after this, and then you go to Seattle the following week, if you're not mm. playoff tested after this, I don't know what it is. So, like, whatever happens here on out, they're going to be so ready come January when this thing gets real. 
not there's going to be none of the BS from last year. They haven't played anybody and all that crap. That's all out the window, man. I couldn't agree with you more. You know what's so funny, right? All those teams you mentioned, there was always a narrative going into the game, and then all of a sudden the narrative shifts coming out of it, right? The Miami game. Oh, this team dropped 70 on the Broncos. This team is high-powered. This is the greatest show on surf, right? You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. the, the, this Miami Dolphins team, they can't be stopped. You know, who's going to guard Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua's an MVP candidate? They're crushing all um, offensive numbers in every category. They get to Philly. All of a sudden, those Dolphins turn into bait. You feel what I'm saying? They yeah. turn into They turn into little guppies. But then we, but then all of a sudden, are is, is Miami for real? Or, or you know, is my is Miami true contenders? Are they pretenders? Oh, they're pretenders now because they played us. Yep. Okay, you can have that. And then, and then you follow it up with the uh with the Cowboys game, right? The Cowboys game. These 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 guys are on fire. You know, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the Eagles have an answer for Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb. All those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to win this game. And it goes down to the wire, but ultimately Philadelphia Eagles win. And lo and behold, you know, the Cowboys, they do what Cowboys do. All that kind of, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Y'all was just saying the Cowboys, this could be their year, even though y'all say that every year. But this, yeah, y'all was just saying this could be their year. Mm-hmm. Oh, we played them now. Now they're now, now they're pretenders as well. Okay. All right. The Chiefs, we play on we play on no we play on their home field in Arrowhead, right? Things didn't go our way at first. But all of a sudden, we come alive in the second half, shut them out in the second half. Patrick Mahomes can't do anything. Um, defense makes some pretty uh, key stops. Certain things go your way, but that's how the game of football works. You know, you win some, you lose some. You got to take advantage of your opportunities, and you can't miss the ones that you get. Eagles win that game 21-17. Shout out Patrick Mahomes in that offense to no points. You know what they're talking about now? Wow. The Eagles got lucky. What did the Chiefs, what did the Chiefs do mm-hmm. to lose that game? How did the Chiefs lose that game? What did they do? Yeah. Instead of talking about what the Eagles did to it's win that game, the did, they're yeah. talking about what the Chiefs didn't do. Right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You're talking about you talking about luck. All right, okay. Then the Bills come to town. They're pretty much taking it to us in the first half. All of a sudden, we take it right to them. We're going back and forth. The game is Nick and Tuck send the game into overtime. Jalen Hurts drives down the field for the game-winning closeout touchdown. The walk off. And you know what they're talking about? Man, what a terrible first half he had. But, um, man, Josh Allen, these Bills, you know, was this their lowest point? Um, What opportunities did they miss, right? The Eagles, did the Eagles get lucky, all this kind of stuff? All this stuff about yeah. the things that they could control, but not focus on the things that we control. So my point is this, Rob. The fact of the matter is there's no luck involved with this Philadelphia Eagles team. There's, the, 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 there's nothing uh, – there's nothing about it that makes you believe that this team can't sustain their level of success. You're, you don't go ten and one in back-to-back seasons at this point in the season, and then all of a sudden it's it, it's luck because it's luck because you can't explain it, yeah. right? I said this to Cilio not too long ago. I said these guys on television, right? They're analytics. They're analytics guys, right? They're all about the numbers. They're all about the stats and the things that you can quantify, measure all the things that you can put a number on, right? And if they can't put a number on it, if they can't quantify it then all of a sudden it doesn't make sense to them they can't it's not real to them it's luck so all right keep that same energy okay we're gonna luck our ways into the super bowl just 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 keep just keep on saying lady luck is on our side i'll take it we'll take you know the the other the other thing is and and this isn't even an analytics guy which makes it even worse 
And believe me, I, I don't, I'm not looking for every analyst to sit there and say, everything the Eagles do is great, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not, I'm not, none of that. But I'm watching Emmanuel Acho yesterday, and I never watched these shows. I saw the clip on social media. But he's talking about the game, and he's saying, Jalen Hurts still doesn't look right to me, and Josh Allen looked great. Now, let me start with Josh Allen did look great. I thought Josh Allen played awesome. He had, a, he had an interception, but I thought he played awesome. Props to him. But are you watching the entire game? Are you just watching the first half? And by the way, what's more meaningful, delivering in the third and fourth quarter in overtime or delivering in the first two quarters? I, I, I'm amazed at a guy who played the game, and I get part of what he's doing is he wants to get clicks, he wants to get eyeballs, he wants to get reaction, and I'm reacting. But I hear him say something like that. I'm saying to myself, dude, really? You played the game and that's your takeaway from it? He was brilliant in the second half. He mm -hmm. was absolutely a maestro. I mean, he's rolling to his left, drops, drops one in the bucket, he, he's hurting them with his legs. He's making every throw, uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae, and that's your takeaway. It's it's wild to me, this stuff. It really is. Yeah, you know, I actually really – that's actually my favorite show on Fox Sports, um, FS1, um, Speak, you know, Shaden McCoy, uh, James Jones, Joy Taylor, Emmanuel So That's actually my favorite show on there. Um, Joy Taylor and LaShawn McCoy hold it, hold it down for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's one thing I will say. Um, James Jones, um, he does a good, uh, he, he, he does great, uh, great work as well. It's a, it's a very entertaining show and I really, I really enjoy, um, their takes, you know, Emmanuel Acho, I've come to realize that what he's doing is not only trying to generate clicks. I think trying, trying to generate clicks. I think also what he's trying to do, he's trying to stimulate a conversation between his, uh, his colleagues. He, you know, most of the time they're all on the same page and he's being the contrarian to try to pull more out of what they're saying. Um, even though I, I disagree with the narrative he's pushing, because at the end of the day, you know, you can still get things out of your, you know, out of your uh, compadres in a, you know, in a much more respectful fashion. Um, I just think that, you know, there's a narrative surrounding Jalen Hurts. You know, it's a narrative about it. And I'm OK with that. Because at the end of the day, it's not real life. It's not It's not going to make or break what the Philadelphia Eagles do every Sunday. That's just where I'm at with it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it, to me, it's disingenuous, but I got you. No, uh, it is. No, I, I agree with you. It is. It is disingenuous. Um, but anyway, but it's that kind of stuff that you hear it and you're like, whoa, okay. Okay. Well, well I guess we'll see. And the beauty, look, the beauty is this is going to come down to Sunday. And all the talking they've done. All the, if we had our quarterback nonsense, you know, uh, this and that, uh, they got all the, by the way, they were blaming penalties still. I, as I'm reading, I went through and read a lot of the old game stories. Not only did they blame, hey, if we had our quarterback, we would have won. It was, the game was, you know, in the Eagles' favor in terms of penalties. Like just utter crybaby nonsense, like four-year-old stuff. It's, it's what it's what kids do in, in T-ball. The, the, the umpire wanted them to win. Like that's the stuff that they're doing, right? That's what they've been doing. Um, anyway, let me ask you this, Tom. Question, Eagles question of the day. Would you rather win this game or the Cowboys game? Mm. You're going to lose one, you're going to win one. You had your druthers. Mm. Is it shut up the Cowboys fans, uh, beat them, or beat the Cowboys next week? Now, a couple things. If you beat the Niners, they essentially are not going to catch you. I mean, that'll get them to 8-4. and four. You'll have a massive lead. You won't play them again. Cowboys, you lose, it's a split, and there is still a chance that they get you. I'm not saying it's impossible for the Niners, but it's harder for the Niners. But there's the emotional tie of the 49ers and all the trash talk. There's the emotional tie that it's the Cowboys. 
you could sweep them out and beat them at their place. Which one, if you had your druthers? You know, when you asked me this earlier in our meeting, um, I was kind of I was kind of pissed off at you when you asked me that. You know, I was thinking to myself, Rob, great question, but terrible, terrible, terrible place to put me in. Um, I honestly think we're going to win both of the games, but to your point, I want this 49ers game. I want this 49ers game because they talk so much trash and they really think they're the class of the NFC. Yep. And sure, they're, 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 they're one of the better teams, you know, if, you know, they're top two and they're not one, you know what I mean? So, um, I think I'm, I think I'm with this 49ers game. We, we already beat Dallas, so I don't really think there's nothing to prove there. Um, my ego says my, – my, I'll put it to you this way. My ego says crush San Fran, but my logic says crush the Cowboys. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, here's, here's where I, I'm, I'm in a similar place. I, I, I think um, the, the – mo- if you're looking at this in terms of a one seed, the more practical win is the 49ers. And what it would be nice, you know, cherry on top just to shut all their clown fans up. But mm-hmm. the practical thing would be the 49ers. I can't look at anything rationally when it comes to the Cowboys. I'm completely irrational, and I'll admit it. It's the Cowboys for me still. I'd still rather sweep them out just because it's the Cowboys. And it, I know, I know most people go the other way on this, and, and I think most people are right, but I can't even help myself. It's always going to be the Cowboys. I'm irrational, illogical. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I can't even – man, that's a tough question. I know. That's a tough question. Sweeping the Cowboys is like everything. I know. It's like it's, it's like it's like no matter what happens in the end, you can say, well, we swept you all, so it don't matter. But <laughs> Hey, let me let me uh, give you some – let me give you real quick these numbers too. So I mentioned some of the ratings. Uh, the Eagles-Bills game – Average 15.2, a 15.2 rating and a 30.9 million viewers on CBS. That topped the Eagles Chiefs Monday night game six days before. The game before had four at a 14.9 share and was the highest rated telecast of the season. So the Eagles have had in consecutive weeks the two highest rated games of the season. It's going to be it's, it's going to be three consecutive weeks. Yeah, this week is going to it's destroy going to, both of them. It's going to destroy both of those. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the Eagles are box office. You know, like as, as much as selfishly we would like the games to be during the day and one o'clocks and all that, the reality of the big business of the NFL is Eagles are going to be four o'clock, 425, whatever. They're going to be Sunday night. They're going to be Monday night. They're going to be Thursday night because it's big business for the league to have them that way. And this game this week at 425 on Sunday will destroy every single rating this season. And and do it, I think, pretty handily. These these next two weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be ratings barn busters, like yeah, bar, barn burners. I mean, you got 49ers at home at at, at four twenty five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Cowboys in Jerry World Sunday Night Football. The Eagles can very well have the highest rated games throughout the season. Yep, in the next two weeks. These are the games that people have been looking forward to, especially this one, mm-hmm. you know, with everything surrounding it. And look, like I said, I love the trash talk that's building up. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But humble yourself. 
because yeah. at the end of the day, don't 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 talk about what you deserve and what you should have. And when well, listen, we don't move like that in Philadelphia. You gotta you you gotta earn your keep here. See, that's the problem with you. That's the problem with you, a West Coast team, right? You think you deserve everything? Nah, nah. On the East Coast, we earn ours. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the reason why Philly and New York and just the cultures of those two cities. You see how you see how people are, you know, when they're when they're going to going about their day to day on their way to work. They ain't got time to chat. They ain't got time to buddy buddy and sing kumbaya. Hey, listen, people bumping into each other, still going, still making it to their destinations. This is a this is a blue collar vibe on this side. You gotta you gotta you you keep what you kill. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas on the, whereas on, on the West Coast, uh, you you pretty much are giving things mm-hmm. on a silver platter. So look, man, we, we have we have so much show show left to go, man. I don't want I don't want I don't want to throw out all my metaphors too early. So, um, you know, man, let's, let's have some fun, Rob. Today's gonna you. be great. All right, it's gonna be great. So let's do this. Let's come back and we're gonna pose the question: Is this sustainable? What they're doing? I'm gonna throw some numbers at you, and you tell me if they continue to live dangerously, which they have been doing, my mm-hmm. friend. So we'll do that. We're gonna dip into the NFC Championship game. Twelve thirty. Mike Sealski is gonna join us. Mike's got a great. Great piece out today if you want to check it out uh, about the strength and conditioning coach at Lycoming College. You want to check that out, but we're also going to talk Eagles with him. We're going to talk Sixers with him. We're going to jump around with Mike. So that'll be 1230. We've got our NFL segment at one. we got a ton in store for you, man. we got a ton in store for you, and we will hit it all when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a little kid. You got Alex and the crew there each and every day making just the the most fresh and best food available. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza. The way that you want it, they will make it. They don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, and salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sports Take. Smash the like button. Tone, Rob, hanging out on this Wednesday. All right, Tone, so uh, sustainability, it, it sounds like something you're talking about with recycling, right? And and what's the best way to, you know, environmentally uh, keep things rolling. But anyway, um, but it does, it, it does come into question with the Eagles for a couple of reasons. Now, all of these stats ultimately have a happy ending, if you will. Um, Eagles are 5-0 and this season when trailing at the half. You ready for this? The rest of the league, 35 and 129. That's a 213 win percentage. But the Eagles are 5 and 0 in those scenarios. But let's just start there. They have not been a fast starting team. I think we'd all admit that and that we would all like to see that get corrected. Nobody likes, you know, living this dangerously, so to speak, and, and where it has to be these crazy second halves. Um, what do you think the biggest reason for that is that they're not coming out of the gate stronger than they have for the most part this season? You know, it's funny. I was I asked John McMullen that same question last night. And, um, you know, I questioned, was it game planning, uh, play calling? Is it, you know, is it execution, attention to detail? What is it? And he leaned more so to the side of uh, poor execution mm. um, because likely these guys aren't running plays that, that they haven't practiced, right? And, you know, I even challenged him and said, well, you know, the, the first half game plan looks so much different than the second half game plan. And, you know, his response was, 
Well, actually, the game plan really isn't changing because, again, they're not going to run plays that they haven't done. That's just not what happens in the NFL game. Right. Um, the bottom line is these guys aren't coming out strong on the field. They're not executing. And um, it's coming up, you know, and it's, and, you know, and it's rearing its, it's rearing its ugly head and, and, and it's some of the worst moments. But, you know, for me at least, I think it's a combination. I still believe that, you know, there is something about the way they're calling plays or at least the sequencing, um, whatever the scripted plays are, um, it's not putting these players in positions to succeed. And again, some people lean on the side of poor execution. Some people lean on the side of um, coaching struggles. You know, it's it's a, it's a combination of both. And I know that's not the sexy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not the polarizing answer. But it's real life. There's always many reasons for why things is or why yeah. things are. So no, I, I agree with you. I, I look, I think it's a combination of things. I don't think they're executing, but I can't let the the, the game plan completely off the hook. I mean, I think they've exactly. been excellent at making adjustments this year to their credit, like really good, probably the best team in football at halftime at making adjustments, <clears throat> excuse me. But I, I don't think that either whatever the, you know, the 15 plays, you know, that are, that are, that are, you know, they're coming out of the shoot with, or just what they're building off of that has been good enough. I think, I think everybody's got to look in the mirror at these slow starts because you don't want to keep doing this. And and I don't think against a team like this, you don't want to keep going down this road. You're driving on E, right. And we, you know, you're trying to get to your next exit. And you want to pull into the next exit and get some gas rather than, yeah, I'll make it to the next one and keep gunning it. You know what I mean? You got to be smart about this. So I, I think they need to examine that a little bit. Um, I don't doubt that the players are ready. Like, I don't think it's a, a situation where they're overlooking a team or they're just, I, I, I think they're prepared. I just think they need to be prepared a little bit better and a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting um, in that Cowboys matchup earlier, earlier in the season, they came out very prepared. They were only down three going at halftime. I mean, that's, you know, someone's going to be down, Going into halftime, right? Somebody's going to be up. It may be tied, um, but they were they were only down by three. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that, that's really not that big of a deal. I wouldn't I wouldn't even consider that a comeback because they won that game. You know I, what agree. I mean, yeah, I agree. With you. You know, so, um, I felt I felt like they came out strong in that Cowboys game, um, and if, and there weren't really too many things. I mean, obviously they lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know, there's a lot of emotions tied into that. Um, the Bills they don't play them that often, so. Um, there's not really too many emotions tied into that, but they're both AFC matchups. It seems like when it comes to the NFC, ma- the NFC matchups, the ones that really matter, you yeah. know, Cowboys, so on and so yep. forth, um, their attention to detail is at an all-time high. I expect their attention to detail to actually be much improved um, this uh, this upcoming Sunday. I'm willing, I, I'm willing to go out on the limb and say I think they, I think they, I think they score on their first possession. So they, they did in the NFC Championship game, for what it's worth. But yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean. You know, there are many reasons why this team has been coming off sluggish. Uh, if I if I had to point to something directly, I felt like, you know, there's no reason you throw the ball three straight times back to back on that first drive. That was just weird to me. Um, yeah. I didn't like I, I didn't like that play call sequencing. Uh, but this team just finds what they, they find ways to win. And again, I know I'm not giving the polarizing answer. I know I'm not pointing the finger. I know I'm not, you know, um, you know, setting fire. Mm. Uh, uh, to the Novacare complex and the coach's office, but you know there's the the, the the bottom line is this team isn't executing. Um, they're coming off sluggish, and the the play calling has been, in my opinion, subpar from a sequencing perspective. Yeah, you know because yeah. I don't think there's nothing wrong with their plays. It's the sequencing, but I would love them to incorporate more of the quick game in the passing game. Um, I feel like too often a lot of these plays take 
um, too long to develop. And yes. you see Hurts back there trying to make something happen and, or he's running out of pocket or you know, things like that. So I think I think they better serve trying to incorporate the quick game and the passing game and try to get the ball out of his hands fast so he can cultivate a rhythm. All right, so let, let's go to this one too. <clears throat> Six straight comebacks when trailing by 10 points or more. Mm-hmm. You know, when you consider who they played this year too, it makes it even more remarkable. Um, they let me let me instead of looking at the issue here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a positive for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. there there is a, there's a there's something to be said for a team that never ever feels like they're out of it, and they're able to just put whatever happened aside and keep moving forward. And that's really this Eagles team. They're, they're, you know, they've, they've made some mistakes. They've turned the ball over too much early in games. They had two turnovers last week in the first half. But Jalen is the ultimate amnesia guy. And I think that the team follows suit with that, which allows them to, to attack things a little bit differently. There's a sense of urgency with these guys. They know when to flip the switch. And they're able to, to, to correct mistakes on the fly sometimes, even if it's not at halftime. So I think having that trait, bodes well because you're going to go through adversity it very well could be adversity on sunday and they've seen a lot of adversity and they're not affected by it negatively um and that's rare i i don't care if you've made it as far as the nfl confidence is a big thing for everybody and with this team when something bad happens they don't willow and they don't go into a hole they just they just move on and it's over and just like they don't get too high when they win either they're like the perfect machine if you were going to build this thing like psyche wise yeah, you mentioned something about is it sustainable, right? You know, can this thing carry over um, to other games, into the playoffs, so on and so forth? And people always say luck isn't sustainable, right? At some point, you're going to get caught hanging on the edge, you know, like we've already discussed. And the fact of the matter is, you're right, luck isn't sustainable. But what they're doing isn't luck. It's resilience. Mm-hmm. Resilience is sustainable. Being battle-tested is sustainable you feel me rob like you you when you've been through the ringer when you've experienced so many ups and downs and you tell me right if you experienced anything you know throughout your life that didn't really necessarily bode well for you but you stuck with it you kept your head down you kept putting one foot in front of the other and it made you either a stronger person um it made you more uh self-aware or more mentally sharp um for whenever it happens again you know the bottom line is everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth you know, so what's your so, so what's going to be your response when you get punched in the mouth, right? You have to you have to get in order to be prepared to get punched in the mouth. In order to know how to respond from getting punched in the mouth, what happens, Rob? You got to get punched in the mouth. You got to get punched in the mouth. So, if that doesn't happen, you don't know how to respond to it. it exactly. So for me, winning is a skill. Resilience mm-hmm. is a skill. Um, being battle tested is a skill. And in my humble opinion, those traits. It travels anywhere. It travels. It, it 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 travels with you on the field, off the field, yeah. In friendships and relationships, um, through trauma, through pain, it travels. Resilience. So, look, people can talk about whether or not the Eagles and how they do things is it sustainable or not. Look, only 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 one way to find out, right? Lace yeah. them up and strap them up. That's it. That's it. All right. Let me give you some other ones. A couple other uh, numbers that 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 lend to this uh, discussion. <laughs> They've played one game where it wasn't a one possession game in the fourth quarter. That's unbelievable. Eleven games, and there was only one where it, a game wasn't within a touchdown either way in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Like there, there have been so few lopsided easy wins. K- 
kick your feet up kind of wins this year. I mean, think about it. Of, of the of the eleven games, can you think of? I'm I'm looking at the schedule now. Minnesota seems like they blew them out. That was only a six point win. Maybe Tampa Bay, which they won by two touchdowns. You know, and they won by two touchdowns against Miami, but it felt a little bit closer than that. But they F- won by two possessions uh, to the Rams as well. They won by two possessions. They uh, beat them yeah, by nine, nine points. So that's, that's, that's two possessions. So, see, but, I but go by crazy. the possessions, right? So yeah. that's what matters to me. I mean, every game this year, tight. You know, this has been the best yeah. kind of stress. It's good stress, but it, it's crazy, mm-hmm. though, how tight these games have been. Yeah, um, man. Um, once again, you know, it's a lot of these teams. See, people, the college mindset is, is bleeding over into the NFL, right, Rob? It's. You know, uh, how did you beat them? Um, what did you put up? The style points. Um, yeah. You know, uh, are you are you crushing their opponents? Are you beating them into submission? All right, cool. You know, that's that that's cool for that day. But how much does that carry over until when you actually are putting in a situ- put in a situation where you're down ten going into the fourth quarter? You're down ten going into halftime, right? You, um, it's a gotta have it drive. You know, and 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 when I look at the 49ers, especially this season. They haven't been put in too many of those situations. And when they have, they've lost the games. Let's think about it, right? Yeah. Let's really, let's really go over this when it comes to the 49ers because it doesn't get talked about enough. People get so enamored by how they beat teams, mm-hmm. but they don't talk too much about how they've lost, right? Browns, one possession game, lost it. Vikings, one possession game, lost it. Bengals, they got owned in that game for the um, you know, for the better part of it. But the bottom line is. They, whenever they've been in a situation where they, they needed or they had to have it, they, 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 they've never really got it done. So, look, I look at their schedule. I don't see a team who's put themselves or who's been through enough situations that's gonna that's gonna force you to dig deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the, the way the 49ers are winning, in my opinion, that doesn't travel as well as what the Philadelphia Eagles have done. That's yeah. just my opinion, though. Yeah. But no, I hear you can you. call me a homer if you want. I don't really care. Well, let, let's look at the second halves, which have been dominant. Um, last five games, they've outscored their opponents 100-44 to 44 in the second half. So they're not just winning, they're dominating. I mean, they're more than doubling their opponents score-wise in, in the second half last five games, 100-44. to 44. So whatever adjustments are being made, whatever sense of urgency kicks in, I don't know. I don't know how you quantify it exactly, but I do know that they destroy opponents in the second half and good opponents too. Um, you know, across the board, they've already beaten this year. Think about some of the the heavy hitters they've beaten this year: Miami, Dallas, Kansas City, whatever you want to call Buffalo. Uh, they came in pretty desperate, but the, you know, the, the Bills, their record is yeah. what it is. But if you look at their production, they've been gunslinging with anybody. They just have these very specific moments that loses them games. Right. But the Buffalo Bulls, I still think they're a very good team. I think the Buffalo Bulls can beat anybody in this NFL as long as they don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally Buffalo's only issue, right? They could they could Buffalo can easily be uh what is this? They're six and five. What is it? They're six and six now. Six and six. They're six and six. Yep. They could easily be nine and three. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, no question. No question. So, you know, I put that in that, you know, same category uh, from from a a win perspective um, for them. So all that said, I mean, you look at it, 
Um, let's see. Um, when Scamahan is, right, Scam <laughs> is trailing by eight that's or more in the fourth, he's 0 and 36. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That, that's a good that is hilarious. Dang, Listen, man, Brock Purdy is not comfortable playing from behind. He's never when, when you when you when you tell Brock Purdy, "Hey, we need you to win this game." All right, he can't. He can't do it. He can't. You know, it's like he's he, he's he's maximizing his position in San Francisco, right? And he's doing an amazing job and what they and what they need him to do. Um, he throws the ball fairly well. Right. Um, you know, he he's not hurting them most. He's not hurting them in many respects at all. You know, yeah. he's. He's, he's 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 in a prime situation, and I always tell people: maximize your role, maximize your situation, regardless of your skill set. Maximize your role, and he's doing that. So I have to give credible credit is doing. I respect that, but at the same time, what happens when you know you're trying to maximize, but every time you take a step forward, there are many things force you to take two steps back. Can you still keep pressing? Can you still keep climbing the mountaintop despite? the weight getting heavier and the air getting thinner and the weather getting more volatile. Can you climb the mountain? Mm -hmm. I don't get that from Brock Purdy. Not one bit. I don't think he has that gene in him. Yeah. We, we, you know, we need to see it, right? Uh, We need to see it for sure. And just, just back to Hertz. Good, good James Palmer stat here from the NFL network. He's won five straight games when trailing by 10 points at any point in the game. The last quarterback to do that was Joe Montana, 1989, 90 Montana won the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP in 89. So Jalen's put himself in some pretty decent company there. Uh, you know, you're comparing him to Joe Montana. So, uh, you know, pretty good. I think that's the other thing we're finding out more and more. Not that we didn't know it necessarily coming into the year, but we're seeing more and more like there are certain athletes in sports that have the clutch gene. Jalen's one of those guys. And, you know, you start throwing out the names. It's of the all-time greats. I get it. We just mentioned Montana. We know Jordan had it. I'm not saying he's on the level of those guys yet before everybody loses their mind. I'm just saying some athletes thrive in those situations. Some welcome it. And some get scared. You know, frankly, I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you, Tone. Like, as much fun as I've had watching the Sixers this year, if they get in a playoff setting and it's a Game 7, I don't know what I'm getting from Joel Embiid. I don't. Okay. Yeah, that's Guy's incredibly talented. He's an MVP last year, right? All that. I don't know what I'm getting. I feel great about Jalen Hurts if I need a final drive. If I have a guy who's got to take me down the field, get me in field goal range, or score me a touchdown. Like when the when the Bills kicked the field goal in overtime on Sunday, I I, I was sitting, I was getting ready to do the post-game show. I said to Jack Fritz, this game's over. Because you just left, you cracked the door. Give Jalen an opportunity, and boom, we see what happens. March him right down the field, and there you go. But I think he's one of those guys, man. And it's hard to explain; it's hard to quantify. Some guys just thrive in it, and some don't. And you know, there's the look at James Harden. The guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but in in these huge games, where's James Harden? It's a good thing for Jalen Hurts. You said something interesting, right? You know, if you if you leave the door just cracked, a little bit of light shines through. That's enough for Jalen Hurts, right? You know, just think about this, right? You ever, you ever be in your house and you just feel like it's draft? You know, what, 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 where is that draft coming from? And then, <laughs> yeah. and then you, and then you realize, oh wait, the window was slightly cracked, just yep. ever so slightly. Let me close yeah. that. Let me lock yeah. that up. Let me just get it a little. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let me just get it a little bit, right? Yeah. The problem is though, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, they're that draft. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But you but but teams are having a hard time finding where the crack is. Yes. They can't they can't close the window. They're trying. They can't mm-hmm. they're, they're searching every window in the house, but they can't find yeah, it. Damn, I feel that breeze, but I don't they, know where it's coming from. And and, and that's what the Philadelphia Eagles are on every opponent's neck. They're that chill on the back of your neck. Yeah. They're that they they they're that specter just flowing through the hallways and you and guess what? You can't kill it. You can't you can't get it you can't exercise it out the house. It's stuck there forever. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. this Philadelphia Eagles team, they're so resilient. They're always going to find the cracks. They're always going to find the seams. They're always going to play within, you know, they're always going to find the margins. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. That's I do. who the Philadelphia Eagles are, man. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on this because I, 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 it immediately when I saw it Sunday, it pissed me off, number one. And number two, it concerned me because I think that's what teams may do going forward but jason jason kelsey was on um wp's morning show on wednesday you remember the tush push play where jordan phillips just absolutely clobbered cam jurgens remember that play it, it was a really dirty play during the game um and kelsey didn't mince words he said i thought it was bullshit at the time i really did i said so to the official on the field i said listen i've been running that play a lot of years uh, I have seen people jump off sides. He made zero effort to stop after he jumped off sides. He purposely tried to hurt Cam Jurgens. I thought it should have been a personal foul, uh, and he should be fine for that play. I-, I couldn't agree more. Like it was a dirty play. That wasn't whoops. Uh, I-, I I was off sides. That was he kept I know going. He it kept was, going. I know we can't stop this, so I'm going to hurt somebody in the process. And it should have been a flag. It should have been more than just an encroachment flag. It should have been a 15 yarder. Possible ejection, and he absolutely should be fine. And I'm glad Kelsey is not backing down um, on it because he took the social media to discuss it. And we know he's not a guy who just throws stuff out there. Um, so he took the social media a little bit earlier. Um, see if we can pull it up where when when he when he said it. But you're right though; it's easily um it's easily yeah. a personal file, unnecessary reference. Yeah, it's unnecessary reference. Uh, absolutely, there's no question. But anyway, he so he he basically said, "I stand by what I said." You know, is, is he, he backed up his 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 words for it? But right. I hope that that's not where teams are going with this now, because then somebody will get hurt, and right. not only will an eagle get hurt, then the league will stop this thing. It, it's almost like a, a a way for the for the teams to to force the NFL's hand to end this play. It's kind of mm-hmm. where it's going now. I'm telling you, Tone. They're going to do one way or the other. This play is going to be gone. So utilize it as much as you can possibly utilize it this season. You know, um, in that Chiefs game, right? I think they did the uh, the brotherly shove at some point in the game, and um, you know they, you know they got it. You know they were successful, obviously. And Chris Jones got up and was like, "Man, I cannot stop that shit." Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but like he's, you know, it's it's jestful. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know, it's, it's he's not over there crying. He's not trying to be a dirty player. You know what I mean? Chris Jones and um, Jason Kelsey have so much respect for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh. I I, I can't remember. I don't know if it's Joe Joe Thune or Creed Humphrey, but after the game, um, you know, they walked up to Jason Kelsey uh, and he was like, oh, listen, man, you're a legend. Like, I look up to you so much, man. I, I got to get this jersey from you. I got to yeah. get this jersey. Yeah, that was cool. He, you know what I mean? So, like, it's just. And Creed you know, Humphrey's a beast himself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I can't remember if it was Creed or Joe Thune. I can't remember which yeah. one it was, um, but it was one of those guys for sure. I hear you. No, you I know, you know, the, the fact of the matter is like these teams, you know, or, the, or these opposing D lines. Some of them, you know, they respect the game, and some are just desperate. Yeah, and that was a sign of desperation to me. And I couldn't agree with you guys more. Um, when I when I when I saw it in real time, me and my wife was like, "What the hell was that?" 
Yeah. My wife doesn't even watch football like I do. And she was like, that just seemed pointless. You know what I mean? She's seen yeah. guys jump off sides. We, we've seen guys jump off and, you know, maybe they come through the line, but, you know, they stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That dude was trying to drill him into the ground. Yep. Like, it, it, it wasn't even a false start. It was just him being overly aggressive. So, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, it's the, it's, it's, it's the curse of the gifted, man. You know, when you're at the top of the mountain, people do anything to knock you down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's hit it. Uh, let's come back. And we will look back at some of the things because, you know, you tend to forget some of the details of, of these games and what went down in the NFC championship game between the Eagles and the 49ers. So we'll, we'll run through that. Mike Sealski at 1230 uh, at one o'clock. We'll do our NFL segment. One of the things we're doing in our NFL segment tone is we're going to do predictors. So we're going to tell you who the one seed is going to be in each conference. And we'll tell you which of the lower seeds that are that are scrapping to get in. Which one of those get in? Uh, so we'll do that for both of the conferences as well. So don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to who to trust with your finances is a real challenge. It's really difficult to find that right person. Not only finding the right person, but making sure that that person is keeping up with your needs, with everything that you need in terms of, I mean, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you just have questions about certain investments that you made, that they're always readily available. And that is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim and Principal, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at Principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, 
And then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Wednesday, we are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Mike Sealski coming up in about a half hour. All right, so, uh, Tone, last year's NFC Championship game was played January 28th, 2023. Eagles win 31-7. Niners had gone into the game winning seven straight. Mm -hmm. The Eagles went down and scored on their first drive. The, The key play in that first drive was a pass. It was fourth and three. Nick Sirianni staying aggressive as he always does through a uh, Jalen threw a pass to Devonte Smith. Devonte made a, 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 that would initially appear to be a spectacular catch uh, to bring it in. As soon as the play ends, the Eagles hurry up to run tempo and you're thinking, all right, they just running tempo to try to catch the Niners off guard. So they can't make a substitution. Did he really catch the ball? Either way they get the snap off and it's not challenged. Go back and look at the replay it was an incomplete pass. Um, the play was missed, but Kyle Shanahan failed to challenge it. And that led to an Eagle scoring drive, which put him up seven, nothing. So this is another example, again, not to harp too much on this, but so the penalties in the game tone ended up, uh, you know, favoring the Eagles just in terms of the number of penalties in the game. Uh, 49ers had 11 for 81 Eagles had four for 34. But, but here's here's the issue. This isn't as much a penalty thing as, as it is. This is where your coach needs to do a better job. This is where your people upstairs with their eyeballs on these kind of things need to need to do a better job. And shame on you for not challenging in a playoff game a big play like that. They, they hold the Eagles there. They get the ball back in great field position. Yeah. And who knows what can happen. But the and it was the first down to scoring. Yeah. And it was the first half. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you Holding on to your timeouts in the first half is like asinine to me. Like in the first half, that's where you get, you know, that's where you get all your timeouts out the way. You know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah. that's when you should, you know, that's where your greatest margin for error lies. So the this need to hold on to the timeouts in the first half was kind of strange to me. Um, so I agree with you. The fact of the matter is your coach um lacked self-awareness in that moment. He 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 got tight instead of just throwing a throwing a challenge flag on a crucial down at that. He decided to play it safe, and, yep. and and it happened the way it happened. But again, that's not even where that game was won and lost. No, you know, so no, we're just we're just getting to it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, a, we're, we're we're just getting to it. We're scratching the surface here. Hey, hey by the way, uh, Jake Elliott named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Uh, it's the third time this season uh, he's earned that honor, and I'm as he it, should. Yeah, when I say that is damn right. <laughs> you know, to that. Um, do they do, do do they do all pros for kickers too? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You think he you think he qualifies for an R Pro that was so far? Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you look at his numbers, uh, like 50 and, and above, 50 plus, you know, yeah, his numbers are and his kickoff numbers are really good in terms of touchbacks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he's the guy in the NFC and I think the AFC is Justin Tucker. I, I, I you know, but um, OK, so uh, that that so that that leads to a touchdown for the Eagles. OK, so it's seven nothing at that point. Now, here's where everything flips. Niners get the ball. OK, there's six plays into their drive. And they try to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end. And <laughs> Reddick blows right past him as Purdy's back attempting a throw. Reddick hits him here. The ball comes loose. He goes down. He's hurt. He tears the UCL in his elbow. Now, they didn't know that at the time. They actually tried to, I think they tried to put him back in at some point. Yeah, um, after um, just Josh Johnson. After Josh right? Johnson got concussed, they tried to put him back in, and he couldn't throw. I mean, then they pulled him back out. But so that that to me, you know, is that was the turning point of this entire game. Purdy goes down. The 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 balloon got you know pinned and popped, and a lot of the air came out of the 49ers in that game. And this is really where the where the sniveling starts from them. It was a lot of if he had stayed healthy. The crux of this thing is do a better job blocking Hassan Reddick. And your quarterback's still in the game, and he's not mm-hmm. hurt. Don't even try and block him with a backup tight end. It's it's almost insulting. So you get what you deserve, plain and simple. Listen, when you lack preparation, you cannot be surprised by the result. And in that moment, they didn't prepare themselves properly. Like you said, Hassan Reddick was on a tear um, throughout the throughout the regular season, the postseason. He had twenty and a half sacks. Um, if you if you include the playoffs on the season, 16 and a half, I believe, on the on the regular season. It was a man on a mission. I think he had I think he had two sacks in the uh Giants game. Right. So 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 you at this point, you know you gotta keep an eye on him. The fact that you thought you can block him with a backup tight end tells me you A didn't take his didn't take his pedigree serious. And also you weren't prepared for him in any way. You didn't account for him in the game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows a lack of respect for the opponent. You know. When certain guys come to town, you say to yourselves in those meetings, I would imagine, okay, watch him. We got to keep an eye on him. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's smug and sort of 49ers, and they got what they got. So why should we feel bad? It wasn't like he slipped, it wasn't like he slipped on a banana peel and, you know, fell or he, or he caught a cold yeah. or it was, or, or it was a, it was a non-contact injury or, you know, maybe, or, or it wasn't like he threw his arm out of the socket. No, that wasn't what happened. Reddick came in and laid it and, and 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 laid it down on him, and it was and, and it was it's, it's, it's pretty it's football. It's a football play. It wasn't a dirty play. It wasn't what yeah. we were talking about with Jordan Phillips earlier. It's it's a clean play. It's clean a football hit. play, and he gets hurt. And, and then third quarter, Josh Johnson comes in and, and Namakam Sue buries yeah. him, and he gets concussed. It, it's yeah. a shame. I don't root for injuries. I don't. I don't like to see people get hurt. But that's football. And nobody's going to feel sorry for the Eagles that Zach Cunningham can't play this week against the Niners. No one. Exactly. No one's going to feel bad if Lane Johnson, uh, you know, isn't himself. Nobody's going to feel bad if Fletcher Cox can't go. That's football. So the notion of complaining and the what ifing is so weak, so weak. But anyway, if if if, if, if the tables were turned, right? If let's say Jalen Hurts tore his UCL in that game, let's say everything everything equal, everything happened exactly the same way, yep. right? Nick Bosa came around, the Eagles tried to block him with Jack Stoll, yep. and all of a sudden. Boom, yeah. out for the game at UCL. Then you send in the backup and Gardner Minshew. Boom, 
uh, Eric Armstead takes him out, would would we would we still have the same no. energy? Like I get the I get the, as a fan saying, "Damn, I would have liked to have seen what that would have looked like with my." And that's guys. a reasonable that's yeah, a reasonable take, totally but don't but leave it there. Yeah, don't 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 you dare go past that line and say, "Well, if he would have been in, we would have beat you guys." Ah, that's not how life works. It's would have instead of could have. You know what I mean? There's a big difference there, and for the players to to sort of carry this, you know, baton of like we would have beaten them, dude. First of all, you have no idea if that would have something happened. was stolen from us. Yeah, yeah. Which mean, but, but you're already staking claim to something that you haven't earned. That's a yeah. problem. It's weird. That's a it's, problem it, to me. I, I said I said this to you when it when it was going down, and you you and I was we Gunner, and we were all talking about it. I'm like, if I'm John Lynch, I'm telling Shanahan and I'm telling the players, that's it. I don't want to hear any more of this, guys. Like, stop. However you feel, keep it to yourself. But we got to stop doing this because it's not a good look, you know, really for any of us. And that that's really what I wonder about is just, is their mindset going to be so hyped to just, we got to take the Eagles out, man. We got robbed last year, whatever their feelings are, whatever, however they're in their feelings versus what they have to do to execute on the field. You know I what do you wonder know, about that. You know what they told you know what they told us, right? And I buy into this completely, right? Yeah. You know the whole Super Bowl rematch thing. It's not a rematch because at the end of the day, you can't. You're not going to win the Super Bowl by beating the Chiefs in the season. That's not how that works. Yep. So you're not avenging anything. You have to focus on the the, the task at hand. And the Philadelphia Eagles almost got almost got caught in that game, but they stayed diligent. They kept the main thing the main thing, and they won that game. You know, it's another notch on the belt, and you move on. I don't trust the 49ers to be able to have that mental fortitude to uh, be able to delineate what happened then and what's going on now. Yeah. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles almost fell into the same trap. You know, yeah. but all, but all, but all season. You know, Jason Kelsey nipped in the bud. He said, "This isn't this isn't a Super Bowl rematch. You know, it, it doesn't change anything." And the 49ers believe they can change something with this game on Sunday. They they firmly believe that. Their fan base believes that. Their staff believes that. Their players believe that. And I want them to keep believing that because that's how you lose football games. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, all right, speaking of the, the Jake Elliott thing, longest field goal made in Week 12 uh, and tied the third most 50-plus yard field goals made. He's got six already, six from 50-plus this year. And he's still relatively young. Damn. Yeah, uh, his rookie year was 17. Yeah, let me see how old he is. I'm curious. I'm going to guess he, he can't be more than 28 or 29. Let's see. Let's see. Jake Elliott's age. Jake Elliott is 28 years old. 28. That's a great sign for the Eagles. That's a There's great a lot of years left. Yep. With the, yeah, with this yeah guy. and kickers last long in his league. He has a he has a minimum of another eight strong years in his league. Yeah, that's good. That's a great sign. And he's he's another one. Like I'm not obviously his job's a little bit different than Jalen, but he welcomes the the big moments. You know that guy. And you, you there's a lot of scared kickers. He ain't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really good. Anyway, so a couple other things from the game. Uh, mentioned the penalty situation. Uh, 11 of those penalties led to seven first downs for the Eagles from San Fran. Um, the Eagles led 21 to seven at the half. They were four for six in the red zone. Uh, the Niners never even got in the red zone. Their only score, I mean, it was an incredible play. McCaffrey broke about three tackles on the play, and whatever. But they never even got into the red zone in the game. And if you look at Jalen's numbers, they look very uh, pedestrian, but he didn't have to do anything. Like he, once you got that lead, the Eagles smartly went into running mode, 
it allowed Jalen to, to further heal up that shoulder and not take any risk. You remember, he was still banged up at that point. Then you got the bye week leading into the Super Bowl, and, and he looked, you know, obviously a lot better. But um, he went 15 for 25, 121 yards in the game. The Eagles rushed for 148 uh, in the game. So the, the smartly, you know, it was all about just, just pounding uh, the Niners and, and working clock and, and kind of keeping everybody healthy in that game. But it really, it was a non-competitive game um, from, the, from the moment really Purdy went down. It, it was not competitive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that game – it was it was exciting to watch because you know you know again some people say well how can you really gauge how can you really gauge how good they were in that game when they didn't have to go up against any of the quarterbacks and i understand the logic behind it but the reality is they didn't play with their food in that game and they looked at the 49ers as just another stepping stone going forward like you know some argue even that the, because the because the playoff run was so smooth for them mm-hmm. It kind of didn't really prepare them for that Super Bowl. Um, going because again, the Eagles didn't go up against any top tier quarterbacks throughout that season last year. The, the best quarterback they went up against was Aaron Rodgers, and um, he ended up not even finishing that game. So, you know, I I, I think what the Eagles are experiencing this year, um, even not even in the playoffs, it's it's going to set them up perfectly for when they're in that situation again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. I and mean, you look at it, and obviously. There's a couple things like the, the what's different about these two teams going into the game. There's a bunch of things for starters. Javon Hargrave is a 49er now. Javon right, Hargrave. That's, yeah, has, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> right. It's crazy. He, and he's got six sacks for them. He's the second leading sack man behind Bosa. We know how good he is against the pass. I'm wondering, you know, the Eagles know that he isn't very good against the run and not really interested in the run. Are you going to pound it up the middle? Are you going to work the guards and Kelsey mm. trying to free free some stuff up in the middle. That's going to be interesting. You know, see what the approach is there uh, from an interior defensive line standpoint with the Eagles, how they attack that. Um, you know, beyond that, there's a bunch of other things that have changed. There's no more Miles Sanders. It's DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift from an Eagle standpoint. There's no Isaac Sayamalo. Uh, you, you've moved Jurgens into that spot. There, you're not going to have Goddard. Goddard had a pretty decent game, unfortunately. He's not available or doesn't look like I, I shouldn't say that he's not 100% out, but it doesn't, it looks like it's more leaning towards the Dallas. Yeah. He'll, he'll be back in the Dallas game. I think that's yeah. more so realistic. Yeah. So, but, so there is some differences from, from that standpoint, uh, as far as the Niners go there, um, you know, obviously they're going to have Purdy going into the game who, who was injured um, there. They've lost to Funga who was been one of the better safeties in the league. They're still, they're loaded. I mean, look, this team across the board is excellent. They added Chase Young as well. They added Chase Young, yeah. And, and you know, that's the thing. I mean, you're going to have to – I feel like we say this every week, and I know, you know, and it almost goes without saying, but when you're playing a team this good, you're going to have to bring your A game. And I the, the Eagles can ill afford to not – like, would you agree they have to play their best game of the season to win this? Yeah, The best definitely. that they've played this year is what yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, it's the conundrum I face about the 49ers. I love the way they're built. I love their. I, I I I love how great they are on both sides of the ball. They're really a great team. I just can't stand the mentality surrounding them. I can't. Yeah. I can't stand the culture. Yeah, you, you have to almost separate both, right? I mean, yeah. There's because, a piece of you that's like, I hate the way they go about their business, but if I'm being real here, I have to acknowledge how good this team is. I love the way they're built. I love yeah. the way they're built. You know, and, and this is me showing real respect to the opponent, right? Yeah. Some other fan bases are incapable of doing that, like the 49ers. Yep. They're incapable of showing real respect to the Philadelphia Eagles, but that's okay. It's whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm a, I, I'm an adult, so I, I I I know how to I know how to differentiate you know my my fandom from just you know the fact of the matter, and that is the 49ers are arguably arguably the best team in the NFC. Arguably, some people say yes, yeah, some people say nay. It's okay, it's all right. You know, there's no wrong answer between the Eagles and the 49ers. I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there's a wrong answer because any given Sunday is any given Sunday. Yeah. Um, I respect the opponent. I respect their uh, their skill sets. Um, Debo, Brendan Ayuk, George Kittle, CMC. That's a that's a that's that's tough sledding for any defense. You know, so the so, so the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have their hands full. Um, especially when the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the worst teams um, on third down, in particular in third and long that's um, situations. Yep. Like, that's a huge issue. A pass defense has been a huge issue. You know, so uh, the Eagles are going to have to bring their A game um, on both sides of the ball. Um, the, the the great thing about football is, regardless of what the numbers say, you still got to lace them up and strap them up. And anything can happen in those games. Anything can happen on those drives. Um, a drop pass here or – a guy, or you're not accounting for a guy uh, stepping up in a big moment, like and 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 that's where the Philadelphia Eagles excel at, right? They excel at the moments. They excel at the crossroads. You know what I mean? Um, in life, you always come across a in life, you always um, find yourself at a crossroads, or you always find yourself uh, at a fork in the road. And the Philadelphia Eagles always do a great job at making the right decision. They always take the, uh, they always end up taking the right path. Um, it's 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 a tricky property it's a tricky proposition and you're constantly living on the edge in those you know in that regard but the philadelphia eagles thrive um in those moments um that can literally um differentiate differentiate you between the win and the loss they thrive in those moments um i don't think the niners have been in too many situations where they've had to really um thrive in those particular moments um and even when they have they haven't been successful so um again from a talent perspective the 49ers and the eagles Man, it's a pick em. But I think the Eagles have the edge mentally, which is going to push them over the top. But again, much respect to the way the Niners are built, man. I, I, I love their roster. Yeah, no, they're they're loaded. I mean, you're talking about McCaffrey. He's got 900 rushing yards. He's got 389 receiving. Ayuk's got 45 catches, 881, five touchdowns. Kittle, 46, 667, five touchdowns. You know, Purdy's numbers are ridiculous. 2,800 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, only six picks. He's completing 70%. He's got a 112 passer rating. You know, Bosa, eight sacks. Hargrave, six sacks. I mean, I mean Fred Warner, arguably the, the, the best linebacker in the game. There, there, there isn't – you're not going to find weak spots across. I mean, this is going to be – this is going to be your A game against their A game. The good thing is it's here. Um, and, and again, I think the Eagles are a little bit more battle tested. Uh, you look at the teams that San Fran and not that, not that they haven't played anybody. Certainly they've won some big games. They had a three week lull, uh, where they lost three straight, which was strange. Uh, they lost to Cleveland with PJ Walker. They lost to Minnesota. Um, they lost to Cincinnati. So they, they're the three games they've beaten Pittsburgh, the Rams, the giants, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, they smoked. Uh, they've beaten Jacksonville, Tampa, and Seattle. And, you know, something we haven't touched on yet, Tone, they're coming off uh, – they'll be off 10 days rest. Their mm. last game will have been Thanksgiving. So that's it. That's a big advantage. And the Eagles are coming off an overtime game. And that overtime game was off of a short week's rest. So the Eagles are the more tired team. That's a factor yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's an advantage physically. It's it's definitely an advantage physically from from a recovery standpoint. Yeah. Um. There's um. There's no, 
if Ann's about to buy it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I like the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles kind of have to have this quick turnaround. It's it's keeping that engine running hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas the 49ers, they've they they've they've been lulling a little bit. You know, they've been uh relaxing and kicking their feet up and just biding their time until this matchup on Sunday. And, you know, recovery is a real thing. Um, the team that has the has the deeper gas tank or the deeper gas reservoir, um, you know, they're gonna have um, you know, more energy in some of those moments. But man, the Philadelphia Eagles, they they they, they play beyond the measurable. They play, you know, they play beyond uh the physical manifestations. Like, you know, they it's beyond that with them. It's it, it's you know, sometimes your body can play tricks on you and so can your mind. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are so in tune with their minds. I think that I think that pushes them beyond just the physical. Yeah, I, I think it's also something that uh Nick Sirianni handles and the organization handles very well. They're very small. Like I'd be surprised. I haven't seen yet uh what they're doing, but I'd be surprised if today wasn't just a walkthrough. I think they, they do an excellent job of knowing when to pull the reins back a little bit with this team, especially the veterans. Like I, like, you know, and this may apply. I think this week it applies to the young guys too, like Davis and Carter, but I think it's, you know, they, they're good at really getting um, guys like Kelsey and lane, you know, when they need it, the, the kind of rest that they need. So I, I think this is going to be a, a heavy install kind of week, but not, you know, truly a grinded kind. Not that they ever do that anyway at this point of the season, but a, but a lighter physical load for them on the field. Um, yeah, I agree with that 100. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, they've been good. The Eagles have been good at that from the jump. And I know it, it drove everybody crazy um, that that was the case with them with the way they t- they handle it in in the preseason. But I think we've seen we've seen now that it's the way to go, and it's the way a lot of teams are going. Right yeah, now. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think at this point we're going to criticize their offices in preparation anymore um you start no. the season off 10 and 1 in back-to-back seasons whatever you're doing keep doing it yeah i mean look, this amounts to just start faster uh and you gotta get off the field on third down the defensive third downs are murder for this team they're great offensively on third down mm-hmm. but they're the polar opposite defensively which leads to a lot of different things tone it keeps drives alive which means the other team scores it keeps the other team's offense on the field which means your defense gets worn down it, you know it keeps jalen hurts off the field which is great for any opposing defense. Good, good. Let him sit. You know, so that's the biggest thing that I think Sean Desai and his group have to work on. As much as we're focused on Brian Johnson, I get it. Everybody's losing their mind over Brian Johnson, which I think is I, – I, I, I want to talk about that too. But real quick, uh, Desai has got to do a better job there, and the defense has got to do a better job as best they can because they don't necessarily have great personnel in the secondary to some degree. I think the Brian Johnson stuff is way overblown. I think people are 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 jumping on this guy far too quickly. We talk I know we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but I just think that there is some patience warranted here um with him. And let's see how it goes as the season goes on, but to, I think we're 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 quick to judge um with him. And when I think if you look at the numbers, the Eagles are averaging 28.2 per game scored. Last year they averaged 28.1. You know, the end game is they're getting there, however they're doing it, whether it's a second half or, or whatever, they're getting to where they need to be. It's just maybe not looking as pretty as it looked last year or it felt last year. You know, you're right. We did talk about this on Monday, but it's, it's, it's still a fascinating case study because, you know, we look at this team and we question why they struggle so much out the gate. 
And, you know, we know this is Nick Sirianni's game plan. Brian Johnson is just executing it or calling the plays, right? But then the moment they get away from the script, the moment when they have to be more creative and uh, instinctual in the second half, um, the play calling um, becomes significantly more effective and efficient. You know, Brian Johnson, rookie offensive coordinator, right? You know, there's so we, we give so much grace to rookie players. Yes. Right? We give so much grace to rookie quarterbacks. You know, there are people saying, you know, Bryce Young – we can't judge him based off this year. This is this is his first year. He has no offensive line. He has you know all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, even CJ Stroud, even though he's playing, even though he's playing out of his mind, there's still a grace you give to a rookie in their first season. Yeah. Um, no matter what position you play, we don't give the same thing to rookie coaches. We don't. We there's do no there, there's there, there there's little to no grace, um, for guys that have never done the job before at that level. Especially know, now, Tone, especially in this day and age. Exactly. We know Brian Johnson's been an OC on the, on the college level. But, yep. again, you know, all these players, they've been what they've been on the college level as well. But can you prove it on the, on, you know, on the national scale, on the NFL yep. level? And, um, look, maybe this is me being overly rational or maybe this is me. Some some may say, I'm, you know, I'm being a homer or waving a flag, however you want to call it. But I guess I'm just trying to be realistic about the situation now um, because even, even in game, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, there was a moment in the game, the uh, Bills game, where I tweeted, and it's still up there, and I'm not going to delete it because that's how, that's how I felt in that moment. Um, I, I literally said, um, "We, you know, you can you can scream all the stats you want. You know, Brian Johnson is holding 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 this team back, right? Yeah. And that was a visceral reaction out of me, an emotional reaction out of me, because when I'm in the game, I don't care about you know being a commentator. You know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm 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 a fan at that point. I agree. Um, so I'm just you know, so I'm just tweeting my you know my emotions in that it's moment. In the moment, I got um. It. So from but when I'm when I actually sit back and I really think about it rationally and, and take my Eagles colored glasses off, he's a rookie OC, um, learning on the go, and his team is 10 and 1. Mm-hmm. I can roll with that. Yeah, I, I can I have no choice but to roll with that. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Mike Sealski is gonna join us. We'll talk to Mike about any number of things, including his uh his story today, but we'll talk a lot of birds with him. He made an interesting um uh, observation regarding Brock Purdy, which I want to talk to him about as well. So a lot to do when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone DeShields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Wednesday. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Uh, Yeah, I've been through it. Uh, I had water damage. I had water damage from an upstairs bathroom into my downstairs. It uh, took out a ceiling and a wall and and my carpet, and it was not fun. So I reached out to Pro Action Restoration. They fixed the problem. Uh, they're handling all of the construction that needs to be done, uh, the the uh, the contract work, the paint, the carpeting, the whole nine. And it's been a big, big, big relief. Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So it could be water like I had. It could be fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens 
Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Philadelphia Bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We do appreciate it. I'm Rob Ellis. That's Tony Shields in for Derek Dunn. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Always, always excited when our next guest drops by. Uh, does a phenomenal job for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Of course, noted author as well. You could follow him on Twitter slash X at Mike Sealski. And he's got a, got a great story today, which I want to dig to, into in one second. Mike, thanks for hopping on with us, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Tone. How are you guys? Tone, uh, Tone's great. Uh, he gets to hang out with me every day. So, Mike, he hit. He said, <laughs> "What could be better? What could be better?" Uh, Life can't get any better than the this. Halo over his head for for dealing with me every day, Mike. <laughs> um, all right. So, I want to. I want to first. I'm going to get to a bunch of stuff with the Eagles with you, and, and I want to mix some Sixers in and some Big Five, as I always seem to do. You and I are the last vestiges of anybody who cares. We are. We're, we're clinging with our, our fingernails are, you know. Yeah, we're hanging there. Almost uh, off of our hands here. But I want to I want to hit you with this because I, I love this piece today. And I, I don't want to I want I don't want to butcher the, the, the man's last name, but it, it's Tim uh, Chiralanza. 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 Yes. So, uh, <laughs> who is the strength and conditioning coach for Lycoming like College. But it's a, it's a it's an unbelievable triumph story. But Mike. I know this was one that, that, you know, some stories come to you quick and you can bang it out and it's great and all. It's like a great song, right? Some I wrote it in 15 minutes, but this <laughs> one, this one took you a while, man. So, so give us a little bit of the background for folks who maybe haven't read it yet. And and please do if you haven't you know, checked it out yet. Sure. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Tim grew up in, uh, in Bucks County in Warminster. He went to William Tennant High School, played on their soccer and football teams. He was the kicker for the football team, went on and played college football at Lycoming. And bounced around for a while and then finally settled on becoming Lycoming's um, strength and conditioning coach. And he had that job for a few weeks in the fall of 2021 when he was on campus walking his dog. And the dog, Finn, uh, a puppy, broke off its leash and ran into the street. And Tim went after Finn and was hit by a car going 40 miles an hour. And that's kind of where the story picks up. And it's... It takes you through his injuries and what he went through, and uh, I, I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah, yeah don't but give too much away, but yeah, yeah um, that, that's basically the beginning point of it. And um, I talked to a lot of people connected with Tim to try to tell this story, and uh, I hope people find it sad and inspirational and just a good story. Yeah, no, I, I thought it's a phenomenal read, uh, and and Jesus, Dad's description of you know the kind of shape he was in after i mean oh man it just just yeah grabs it's, it's, grabs it's one of those it's one of those there but for the grace of god yeah stories you yep. know so uh so yeah I, I worked on it over the course of about eight months and uh uh came out today and i appreciate you mentioning it thanks yeah no mike real, mike really quickly um when you when you're covering a story like that and you, you get so deep into the weeds with it i mean like you said it took you about eight months to get it you know to get it together what does that do to you um, mentally and emotionally as a writer? I mean, you've covered a lot of different um, aspects of, you know, of various sports, you know, the Kobe Bryant story, his legacy, so on and so forth. But, you know, a story like this, um, it can happen to almost anybody. What does it do to you emotionally, emotionally and mentally, you know, you know, immersing yourself, you know, in the life of, you know, of this guy? 
That's a great question, Tone. Um, I, I put myself in uh, the shoes of Tim's father, Ron, who was a teacher at Council Rock High School and a basketball coach in the Council Rock School District. And I'm the father of two boys myself. And just the idea of something happening to one of them, uh, it's the thing, I don't know if you're a parent, Tone, I know Rob is, it's the thing that any mother or father fears most. And you just, when when I'm immersed in a story like that, that's, I just try to get into that mind frame. I mean, it's, it's nothing like what Ron Chiralanza or any of Tim's family members or Tim went through, but you just try to empathize as much as you can and put yourself in their shoes and understand why they're saying some of the things and do or have done some of the things that they do or have done. Um, you know, his father was very frank with me about uh, his reaction to the circumstances that led to Tim's accident. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't wrap his mind around the fact that Tim chased his dog into the street. And that was a big thing that Ron had to get over and deal with um, in reckoning with the accident and what happened to his son. And we were able to talk about that. So um, thanks for the question. That's a, that's a really insightful yeah. question, yeah. I think. I'm sorry, yeah. Rob, real quickly, yeah. I, I got to ask one more, you know, um, and forgive me, forgive me if I'm, if I'm overstepping, Mike, but were there moments while you're preparing this story, were there moments where you had to, I don't know, step away and take a break mentally and emotionally because of the stories that you're taking in? Yeah, only because, though, Tone, I'm I'm trying my best to write them as well as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And in a story like this, uh, like Rob kind of hinted at, uh, I'm bleeding over every sentence. And there's a lot of sentences in this story. It's very long. Um, you know, if I'm cranking out an 800-word column about the Eagles and I have a half hour to do it, then I'm not bleeding. I just got to write. But in a story like this, you want to get it right. And so uh, there were times where I just said, you know what? I-, I wrote four sentences today and my deadline isn't for another three months. So I'm just going to get a let it go and get a good night's sleep and I'll come back at it tomorrow. Uh, but something like this is different from uh, hey, Jalen Hurts should be the MVP. It's it's just not quite the same thing. And I guess, Mike, too, even though this was an emotional one, um, that's got to be the nice thing about being a columnist. Yeah, you're on deadline after an Eagles game and you're cracking like anybody else is, but you also have the ability to do something vastly different like this. I, I would imagine that keeps it fresh for you, you know, and not to mention the, the work you do as an author and those kind of things. I, I, I would think that would help you that it's not the same subject every single day and What's my Eagles angle today, <laughs> which yeah, we go yeah. through sometimes, if I'm being frank, but anyway. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're right, Rob. I love that. And I love being able to write about things that aren't trending on social media, to be honest. I think so much of what we do in the media now seems to be driven by this very small segment of the population that spends all day on Twitter slash X or is constantly checking their phones Ooh, you know, have the Eagles signed Shaq Leonard yet? Oh, okay, they did. Let me write a quick column without even thinking about it, saying whether I think this is a good idea or a bad idea. I kind of want to swim against that tide. So uh, something like this allows me to do that, and I'm grateful that the Inquirer allows me to do that. Let me quickly follow on that because this is swimming against the tide too. I, I, some of your engagements on on Twitter slash X are special. Yeah, special. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think you – kind of innocuously brought up, hey, Brock Purdy's a pretty amazing underdog story himself. I'm paraphrasing. But, yeah, you know, I, I, you would think, like, if this guy was an eagle, he'd be the ultimate eagle story. He's Philadelphia and blah, blah, blah. People went nuts, as you would expect. But, I mean, Mr. Irrelevant and the guy's got a 70 
completion percentage and, and numbers that not only rival, but in some ways are better than Jalen Hurts this year. I mean, it's true. Nobody wants to hear it, but it's true. Yeah, and that's all I wanted to point out, Rob, is that if the shoe were on the other foot and Brock Purdy were the Eagles quarterback having the season that he's having, being the player that he is, people would be going gaga for this story in Philadelphia because we so prize the underdog. Now, look, Jalen Hurts is an underdog story, and he's a great quarterback, and he could very well be the MVP this season, but he wasn't the last guy picked in the draft, and he wasn't the third-string quarterback who had to step in and play and is now leading the league in passer rating and has 19 touchdowns and six interceptions. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is better than Jalen Hurts or that I like him more than Jalen Hurts. I even had people calling me racist on this about this. It's just, it's insane. Like if you've spent five minutes in Philadelphia, you know that we people in Philadelphia love mm. underdog stories and this is the ultimate underdog story. And I was just pointing that out and People lost their minds over it, it. It's a prime example of um people you know, people are blinded when it comes when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, man. And people marry themselves to their players so much. And the bottom line is like when you really look at it in a vacuum, like you said, Brock Purdy's story, it's it's so Philadelphia. It's so Philadelphia. But you know, it's the it's the way the cookie crumbles over here, man. If you're not Eagles Green, it is. um People could care less about your story. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're 100% right, Tone. And and I think what's happened with social media over time is that um, the expectations for media members have changed. You're not expected to take a step back and be a little detached and be able to kind of point things out yeah. that don't go along with the narrative of your town or the team that you cover or whatever your political bent is. You're supposed to stay on your team, whatever that team might be. And I just don't buy that. And I find that the best writers and reporters or commentators are the ones who don't do that. I don't want a homer. I don't want somebody who's going to praise the Eagles every single time or say the thing that everybody wants them to say. I want, out of good faith, I want that interesting, different perspective. Um, and I try to provide, provide that. And if people don't want that, there isn't much I can do about it. Well, I, I, Mike, I did, I did four hours of a show on, on, on radio last week about this. And I, I had people calling me every, every name in the book. And I'm like, when I, before I even got into this business, I, I, I wanted someone to keep it real. I never yep. wanted, I never want it to be St. Louis where it's unconditional love and go home team. Like I can't do that. I, I just, it's not who I am. And and this was based off of the fact that I, I picked the, the chiefs in the game. People went nuts. So then I turned it into a whole topic, but I'm like, <laughs> listen to the logic. They're on the road against the defending champs. It's Reed and, and, and Mahomes. I'm not saying they're going to lose to, you know, fill in the blank, the bears or somebody, but it was like, this is where we're at. We have right. wave pom-poms now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, Rob. It seems like it's harder for people to separate now someone like you do, like like what you did, saying what you think as opposed to what they want to hear, Yeah. right? Mm. The expectation from a Philly talk show host is that you want the Eagles to win, therefore you will say the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. And that's not how, at least we, you and I, and maybe a few other people came up in the business. You're supposed to try to yeah. present things as you see them or as they are, whether the people hearing that information or that perspective like it or not. And it doesn't mean you're not wrong. Obviously, the Eagles beat the Chiefs. Props right. to the Eagles. I, I, I'm going to be wrong, but it's just the way I felt. But anyway, I, I, I'm off my, my soapbox okay. tone. No, I love talking about stuff like this. It's fascinating to me. Yeah.
No, no, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you guys brought up interesting points, right? The fact that, you know, people want you uh, to say the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win every game. They want that, right? And look, I'm an Eagles fan, and I don't have that by any stretch of imagination. You know, I want a lot of things, but um, last time I checked, um, everything has to be earned. Um, you know, every, every, everything can be given, right? So in saying that, the Philadelphia Eagles are 10-1. and And by every stretch of the imagination, I feel like they've earned that 10-1 and record. And um, it, it Ten and one didn't come as easy uh, this year as it did last year, right? You know, Mike. Let's start there. You know, so far at this point in the season, what's been your overall assessment of how the Philadelphia Eagles have gotten to this point? They're better record-wise than I thought they would be. Tone. I mean, hmm. the, the way they're playing relative to the way they played last season does not surprise me. I said this at the beginning of the season that it was going to be harder to get back to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. And they may be every bit as good as they were last year in terms of the quality of their play and have a worse record because their schedule was more difficult and because there's a, an element of attrition uh, over the course of having a season where you get to the Super Bowl and lose, right? That's really tough to come back from. And so the fact that they're 10-1, and one, that's amazing to me. If I were an Eagles fan, I'd be saying, thank goodness, this is wonderful that my team is 10 and one and very easily could be eight and three or seven and four based on some of these games and how close uh, they've been and how close the Eagles have come to losing some of these games. So look, if they lose to the 49ers, I'm not going to be stunned or surprised. The 49ers are really good. Uh, and you just got to see if I were an Eagles fan, I'd be saying, Hey, you know, the, to a certain degree, they're exceeding my expectations uh, for them this season, you know, that I had placed on them this season. Mike, so a couple things. Uh, they've done it to some degree unconventionally. That You know, they're, they're 10 and 1, which is amazing, but it's been a lot of comebacks and a lot of slow starts and a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, and, and to their credit, they, they really dominated teams in the second half here, and if you want to include overtime as well. Sustainability has been a big question this week. Um you know, you've gotten away with it doesn't mean you can continue to get away with it to a, to an extent. How do you view the way that they've gone about it? And can they continue it against a team that's this good, again, you know, like San Francisco? Well, Rob, I think there are a couple factors at play there. Number one, you've got two new coordinators who were growing into the job, their jobs, as we've seen. You had a year's worth of tape on Jalen Hurts and the offense that teams could look at because, yep. you know, what they're doing and what they want to do under Brian Johnson is similar to what they did under Shane Steichen. Now, I, yeah. I think Steichen is an elite play caller. Johnson has been really good at times and not so good at other times. Um, so there's going to be some growing pains there. I think Hurts's knee injury is a factor that doesn't get talked about enough. Nobody wants to bring it up. But the last couple of games, it seems like he's been moving better than he had for the previous weeks. And I think that's an element in their offense that they need to have. That was part of the reason you saw them destroying teams the way that they did last season. Teams didn't know how to defend them with Hertz being able to move the way that he did and with the line being able to block the way it does and the number of running backs they had. So uh, look, it, it, can they keep this up where they fall behind at halftime every single week and come back and win? No, they can't. So it depends on how you want to look at it. You can say, this is the team they've been all season and they're just going to continue to be that team. Or you can say, man, they really haven't put it together yet. And once they do look out, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. I think they've got to get healthy. I think Goddard's got to get back. Uh, I think they got to settle some things on defense. Uh, I still think the middle of their 
of their defense. You know, the linebackers and the safeties is still are still an issue. I think teams can throw the ball against them. I think it's one of the the areas the 49ers will look to exploit on Sunday. Um, but how can you bet against them? They just seem to know how to win. And it's not something you can quantify. It's not something where you can point to a stat and say, this is why they do it. They just do it. Mike, you said something really interesting um, earlier on in the show. You mentioned how um, this team um, can very well up their quality of play from last year, but still have a lesser record. And, you know, they've essentially exceeded your expectations from a record perspective. You know, some would argue that the quality of play has gone down, yet their record is what it is. It's it's such a fascinating parallel when you think about it from that perspective. And the Eagles talk about the standard and playing up to the standard. And um, they haven't really played up to that. And people are kind of holding holding them to the fire when it comes to that. Some people say that some people say fan the fan base expectations are so high because of what we've experienced. Um, so I guess my question to you is, do you think the Philadelphia Eagles are victims to their own dogma, right? You know, they've established this standard, you know, this, this mentality of playing up to the standard and living up to it and keeping the main thing, the main thing. And they haven't really played up to that. And fans aren't really pleased with that, even though they're 10 and one, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Are they victims of their own dogma? To a certain degree, they are tone. I think you're right. I think if you think about the two seasons most recently when they went to the Super Bowl last season and then in 2017, there was a stretch in each of those seasons where they were just destroying teams. And it was clear that they were the best team in the NFC if they were healthy and all together. Now that all changed in 2017 and 2018 once Carson Wentz got hurt and doubts started to creep in, rightfully so at the time with Nick Foles stepping in. Now they figured it out. They revamped their offense in the playoffs and they became a machine again. Uh, last season that, you know, they just trucked through everybody. You know, it's one of the laughable things that uh, I notice about the the 49ers and their fans kind of, uh, you know, I, I chuckle at the fact that they're, well, we didn't have our quarterback in the, in the game last, in the, in the NFC championship game last season, things would have been different. Yeah. There's a reason you didn't have your quarterback. It's because your head coach set up a play where a tight end tried to block Hassan Reddick and Hassan Reddick knocked your quarterback out of the game. Like that's on you guys that <laughs> you didn't have your, that's poor coaching. That was the reason that Brock Purdy was out of that game. Um, so to answer your question, Tone, I think to a certain degree, they are a victim of this standard that they want to play up to and that people expect of them. But I don't think anybody can look at them and say they've been as dominant as they were last year. They haven't. I think some of what's happened is that the rest of the conference got a little bit better in certain situations. I think the Cowboys are a little bit better. Uh, I think some of the other teams that they've played this season, you know, are a little bit better or they played them at a certain time of season that they did than they did uh, compared to the year before. Um, circumstances are different. One year is not going to be like another. Um, but the fact that they're 10 and one speaks to whatever it is that they've got, whether it's the core veterans or something Nick Sirianni does or something Hertz does um, that keeps them winning games. Mike, have you ever covered a guy like Hertz? I mean, I, I'll just give you an example. I, I, Elliot hits the 59-yarder, and I'm not at the game. I'm, I'm in the studio waiting to go on. But the cutaway to him, and he's still shaking his head, ticked off, I think, from you know something that happened earlier in the game. Like, he's stone-faced. Uh, he is cyborgish, robotish, uh, uber-focused. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like it. Have you? I haven't. Um, I hope he's enjoying this at some I, I level. I don't know that he is, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and maybe he, maybe he's not, and maybe this is one of those. You know, you hate to make these comparisons, but but Hertz brought it up last season. You know how much he admires Michael Jordan, 
Yeah. And you would see this in guys like Kobe Bryant who weren't there. You wondered where there was, where they were extracting joy from yeah. playing these sports and winning. And to a certain degree, there may not have been joy. It just may have been, it's every step to get to be the best and to get to the top of the summit. And then once you get there, you're thinking about getting back there again. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if he's feeling some of that too. Uh, you know, he was kind of open about this in the postgame press conference after the game against the Bills on Sunday, you know, where he said, I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel. Uh, and he just seemed like he was disappointed that he hadn't played a perfect game. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm curious to see if they manage to win the Super Bowl. That's going to be the thing I'm looking for most is what is Jalen Hurts' reaction <laughs> yeah. to them winning a Super Bowl? Will he smile? <laughs> I mean, um, and, and it's funny, guys. I, I was listening to a national talk show host talk about this, making the comparison between Hertz and Carson Wentz. And the host pointed out that there was a game in 2020, like the second or third game of the season, where the Eagles got their doors blown off and Wentz had played terribly. And he showed up on the Zoom call for his weekly meeting with the media with his hat on backwards. And the, the talk show host like lost his mind over this, basically saying, like, when you are the face of the of an NFL franchise of a billion dollar organization, that is in a, basically it's like inappropriate that you're dressed that way, mm -hmm. that it shows that you're not taking your role as a leader of the franchise and the face of the franchise seriously. Mm. Well, now we have the exact opposite mm. with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Like that guy gets, you know, up on that podium behind sitting behind that table when he's got to answer questions and he is locked in and i've tried to ask him questions just because i'm curious about some things yeah, you had a little mini thing last week with him right yeah and i've talked to people around the team and they're like no no no, he's not angry at you he doesn't dislike you or anything like that he just goes into those interactions with an agenda or a mindset and he doesn't want to be uh pushed away from that agenda or a mindset and if you ask him a question that he hasn't thought of or an answer that takes some time for him to think about, he almost disregards it because he's so committed to projecting this image as I'm the quarterback, I'm the leader, I'm in control. I know exactly who you're talking about, Mike. Um, one thing he said, uh, Jalen Hurts is very manicured, you know, very, yes. you know, you know, very uh very um intentional and polished. Um, and he, you know, he uh, he brought up some great points, and you brought up something interesting as well, the fact that um will he ever really bask in you know, the glory, you know, um, but the, the fact of the matter is uh, greatness is heavy. And when you're when you're when you're trying to achieve it, when you're on this quest for glory and greatness, you know, like like MJ, he, was he ever truly happy or ever truly satisfied about trying to get to that standard? And, you know, it begs the question, you know, Jalen Hurts, he, he, he isn't really into like the personal accolades. But, you know, I want to know, do you think he is a prime candidate or at least in the lead? when it comes to the MVP race, because again, everything he provides to this team, um, his ability to just, you know, carry them in second halves when things aren't going well. And they just believe unequivocally that they can win every single game that they're in because he's there. Um, do you think that mentality can carry him and this team, not only to the Super Bowl, but also to Jalen Hurst's first MVP award? I think it's possible, Tone. I do. Um, for the reasons that you cited, plus there are numbers to back it up. You know, ESPN has been putting these numbers out there for a while now about how amazing his stats are when the Eagles are tied or behind in games. Mm. And they're ridiculous. They're like better than Patrick Mahomes ever was for the Chiefs 
you know, when the Eagles are behind and trailing, and that speaks to clutchness. You know, that's always the debate about is a guy clutch? Well, it feels like he's clutch, but if you look at the numbers, it actually shows he's not. Well, the numbers say that Jalen Hurts is. Mm. I've always said this about Hurts, Tone. It's almost like he was, he's in the wrong era of football. Mm. Like if he were a quarterback in the 80s or 90s, all anybody would have, he, he would be the star of the league far and away because he would get more credit nationally for the intangible qualities that you're talking about. The leadership, the intelligence, making big plays when they matter most. Everybody would kind of acknowledge this is the guy you want when your team is down four with two minutes to go and you, and it's getting the ball back. Nowadays, we look so much at stats and advanced stats and how many yards is he throwing for and what's his yards per attempt and touchdown interception ratio and QBR and all of these things. And in many of those stats, as good as Jalen might be, he doesn't stack up to a Brock Purdy or a Patrick Mahomes or whoever the case may be. Um, but the fact is that his team is 10 and one. And if you take him away from the Eagles, ain't no way they're 10 and one. Like we are not in, I don't feel like we are in a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles situation here at all. Right. I think if, if the Eagles lose hurts, forget it. Um, yes. And that's a function of how good he is and a function of who's backing them up in Marcus Mariota. Yeah, well said. Mike, all right, before we get you out of here, appreciate your time. Uh, Sixers, 12-5 and five start. Um, looked a lot different, you know, and, and Nick Nurse and Maxi continuing to develop and no Harden. Um, I think it's brought a lot of people back. I, I think a lot of people who were disgusted and kind of checked out are, are back in. Um, but there's still the question of, ultimately, this is great. It's feel good, but are they better? Are they still capable of getting out of the second round? Overall assessment, what you've seen through 17 here. Yeah, I think you're right, Rob. I think getting Harden out of here kind of lifted um, the, 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 the smoke of indifference, I guess you'd say. Like people were like, oh, are they really going to run it back with this mercenary and we just want him out of here? And the fact that Harden is gone has led to more shots and, and more responsibility for Tyrese Maxey, which has been a good thing, a necessary thing, I think, for Maxey's development. It's actually led to more shots per game for Joel Embiid as well. Uh, Nick Nurse, I think, is a terrific coach in that he is much more strategically and schematically engaged game to game than Doc Rivers was. Doc was great for managing personalities and veterans, Harden notwithstanding. Um, but Nurse is much more about what do we need to do? What defense do we need to play? What offense do we need to run to, to win this particular game? And Look, I think the thing you have to keep in mind, too, guys, is that there still could be a trade coming down the pike, right? Like that was what Daryl Morey was able to do by getting what he got for James Harden was they have enough pieces now that if they want to make a move and an opportunity presents itself, they might be able to do that. Yeah, well said. Well said. Mike, listen, uh, again, great story. I, I suggest everybody check it out, inquire.com, and you can link up to it uh on your twitter feed as well but keep up the good work man we, we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes mike today. thanks Thank a lot you. we really appreciate your time sir no anytime guys thanks so much take care, yes, you can catch take care. Mike right, Saturday, you 10 to 1 with glenn mcdell and wip as well all right uh tone let's get a quickie in here and let's talk we there's an aaron Rodgers update there's an update this really? is, there is an update yes uh we'll <laughs> dig into that there's a lot of other stuff NFL-wise that we need to get to here, uh, and we're going to do our predictors. Uh, who's going to be the top seed in each conference? Who are the the lower-tier teams that get in? We'll get into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured 
Pennsylvania Tree Services Company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Hanging. Hour number three of the program. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. Wednesday, baby, Wednesday. How are we getting to Sunday? But we'll hold on, wait, right, hold on, hold on. You didn't give us a hum day, man. What's, what's going on? Off the top. I'll give you an right, right, hold on. Did, did you, did you, I don't remember. I don't know. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe I fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know. 
All right, let me get in the zone. All right. Dig deep for this one. Hump day! Ooh, I think I think that was the best one actually. No, 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 no voice cracking. That was the best one. That was the best one. Uh, oh, hold on. All right, good. Oh good. my god, good. man! That felt good. Check your cholesterol after that out. one. Yeah, I cleared some things <laughs> out. That's good. I think I broke some scar tissue. I think we're good. Now. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, speaking of scar tissue and injuries and who knows? All right. So the believe it or not, the Jets have opened up the twenty-one day practice window on Aaron Rodgers. That's hilarious. Like, I, I, I don't understand this. Don't, like, if you're them, aren't you saying to him, dude, we appreciate the effort. This is awesome. You, you've, you've given everything you can to get back. We're not throwing you out there under these circumstances. We're just not. Like, you're, you're, we're not going to take the risk of you getting hurt. And, and by the way, if, if let's say it's three weeks from now. The Jets are going to be totally out of it at that point. Are we really going to do this and, and, and risk he gets hurt further? or tears that thing again and he's out for next year or parts of next year or whatever. I I don't like right now they're 4 and 7 tone. They're the 15th seed out of 16 teams in their conference. And you're going to roll back the 40-year-old guy who 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 did this 79 days ago? That's all it was. 79 days ago. Really? That's it? Yeah, that's all it was. Is, is, is that the fastest someone's come back from that kind of injury? I mean, I don't It has to be. Nah, man, he's not ready. He's not ready. There's no know. way. There's no way that 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 thing is paper mached up. I'm not. Mm, I'm not buying it. I I don't know. I don't know what to believe with him. Did he really tear it? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what to believe anymore. I I just all this to me logically doesn't make any sense. All I know is the Jets have the Falcons up next, then they got Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots. You think I'm throwing him out there against the Browns? No. Yeah, let Miles Garrity off on him. When, when, he, when he's 70, 80 days removed from this thing? No. Yeah, nope. never. No. This is where at some point you got to be the adults and say no to him. I know everybody kisses his ass in the organization, but at some point it's like, Aaron, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll see you next year. I mean, when Not you after. leverage when you leverage your entire present and future for a guy, you ain't got no choice but to kiss his ass. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, but – this is to me, if I'm, if I'm Joe Douglas or whatever, I'm saying no to this, but the, who knows? I, I don't know what's happening at this point. Mm. Um, speaking of injuries, this one is, this is a you know critical one. Jonathan Taylor is injured and he needs thumb surgery. Now wow. it, it may only be two to three weeks. That's their hope. Uh, if that's the case, you know, you will get him back for the season, certainly, but man, they're, they're right there in playoff contention. Mm, you know, and they do have everything. Zach Moss, who's a good, who's a good backup running back. He's really, he's really good, yeah. But for still, sure. that's a that's a blow. That's a shame. That, that's a that's a tough loss for him. Yeah, man. Um, such too, you know. I mean, he got paid, so he has a security. But you know, it kind of like adds credence to the fact that man, you pay running backs and you can't even get, you know, you can't even really maximize them throughout the season. It's going to be in and out, so on and so forth. I mean, um. Still, Jonathan Talent, Jonathan Taylor is an amazing talent. Um, it's unfortunate. So get well soon. I, I actually I actually met him in person. You know, he's a real cool dude, down earth dude. Yeah, South um, Jersey guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's he's real cool, real cool. All right, let me hit you with a couple of Eagles things because Nick Sirianni uh, was meeting with is we meeting with the media. I think he just wrapped up, but um, he said a couple of things. He did have a chance to to chat with Shaq Leonard. Uh, those two 
were together in Indy when Nick was coaching mm-hmm. there and Shaq Leonard. They, they were very tight. Um, so that, that's a good sign. He was asked about a couple of injuries. Dallas Goddard, he gave you a we'll see. He didn't he didn't count completely out uh Zach Cunningham either. But I don't I don't think and I'm reading this obviously because we're in the show. I didn't hear him say it. It didn't seem overly encouraging for either one. So uh, you know, I, Leonard could really help if, if they don't let him get out of the building, I think. If he can if he can still physically do it. That that that's all I'd say. Yeah. Um right. It's gonna come down to if he's physically capable. Uh, the fact that he left Dallas without a contract tells me that uh, they're they're not um, they're not in the running form like they think they are. Um, I honestly think um, I said to Cecilio, uh, he'll sign the dotted line in Philadelphia um, by tomorrow afternoon. That's what I think. Hey, yeah, I, I, if he can play, I don't think he gets out. I think he, it's done today. Yeah. I think it's oh, done yeah, this yeah, afternoon. That, that's even that, that's even better. Um, yeah. I think I think he signed um, this week and. Um, I'll take it a step further and say, um, he'll get a he'll he'll get a few snaps on uh, Sunday. But you know that that part is the biggest stretch. But um, yeah, I, I I mean really. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm, I'm pushing I'm pushing the envelope there. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, but, I mean, but that is scary though, Tone. I mean, Christian Ellis, I I think is fine against the run, against the pass. He's, I mean, who's handling Kittle here? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's. Hey, great. Yeah, um, I'm 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 definitely concerned about that aspect of the game. Um Sean Desai has his work cut out for him. Yeah. So uh I wouldn't be surprised if you start if you see a lot more safeties on the field, um, and you know, in obvious passing situations. Um right. right. Uh, I think Justin Evans is back. Justin Evans is healthy, so that's yeah. That's a, that's that's so that's, he he's arguably their best coverage safety, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to when he got Kevin Byard, so um, maybe we see more Justin Evans on the field, right? Um, and then that can probably supplement the loss of Zach Cunningham and you know in various passing situations. Yeah. So may, maybe we see some big nickel. Um, now that Cunningham is out. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense if that's the case. So that would that would be good. Um, for sure. All right. Beyond that. Kareem Jack, did you realize Kareem Jackson's in his fifteenth year? Kareem Jackson, but that name's who the hell is that? Broncos, who's been suspended all the time for for. for oh, oh, yet. okay, okay. Kareem, I didn't season? realize he's been around that long. Damn. Uh, until I looked, yeah, I know. But uh, so he's meeting with Roger Goodell. He feels like he's being unfairly targeted. Wow. Uh, with these fines and these suspensions, where he 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 claims he has examples of other guys doing things and they're not getting the treatment that he gets. I, I, he's a repeat offender, man. That's why he's getting the heat that he's getting. But, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, hey, you know, Kareem Jackson, look, the fact of the matter is he's played, like you said, 15 years in this league. Um, Hopefully he saved his money because they're trying to come for it. So, yeah. <laughs> hope, hopefully he put himself in a financial position where um those fines or so on and so forth is going to be the biggest hit. I mean, it's still a hit, right? Losing right. 40, 50 grand because – of a way you're playing the game sucks. Um, it's unfortunate, man. You got guys that play this game with their heart and soul and they play with a passion and, you know, it gets, you know, it, it, it gets misconstrued for dirty play. And there are some guys out there who are dirty players. Don't get it twisted. But man, um, I haven't watched enough cream Jackson to be able to make a, a determination either way. Right. Um, it's pretty much just me going off of what, you know, what's being said and what's being told. So, 
Um, hopefully, uh, this doesn't have to be something that continues to harp on um, his career that's already um, starting to come to the back nine. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the large, large, large majority of players just want to play hard, want to do the right thing, you know, want to win and want to want to collect their their check. There are there's a, a a few, and it's a really small number who I think play dirty. Um, and you know, Kareem Jackson's a guy who's definitely in that who walks the line. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes gets the offensive uh, AFC offensive player of the week. He had a he had a really big week last week. Comeback. They were down, I think, fourteen nothing in that game last week. Uh, maybe just a little hangover from the Eagles' loss or whatever. But then. Uh, when they woke up, he he, you know, kind of stormed them back. I would expect they get on a run here. You kind of feeling that for the Chiefs? It yeah, feels what's like a little the, run time? What's them. the what's their upcoming schedule? Let's look at that really quickly. They have next up. They have um, they got Packers, or they're on the road against the Packers. I like them, um, which is Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Um, then they got Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. Oh yeah, they're go. They're, they're about to go on a run. Yeah, this is um, typical late season chief stuff where they get. Yeah. Going. Now here's the thing: the Bill, um, they're gonna they're gonna have the Bills coming off of their bye. Um, the Bills probably feel like they still can squeeze into the playoffs. They do. McDermott uh, said it yesterday, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be giving their everything. So, um, can the Bills beat the Chiefs? They've, I mean, they, they've beat them at Arrowhead before. So, it's, that's going to be a good game, regardless mm-hmm. of how you feel about the Bills and their record. They're still a talented team. The Bills are going to push them the same way they push the Philadelphia Eagles. So I agree. Um, Chiefs can very well slip. You know they can slip in that game. It's possible. It's mm-hmm. it's not no no. There there are no in my opinion there are no team who are just clear cut juggernauts this this year at all. Yeah. Um. So there are some teams who just operate better in certain situations, but for the most part, there's no there's no juggernauts this year. Not even at the quarterback position. Everyone's pretty on par with each other. Uh, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, who presumptive number one overall pick in the draft, says he has is still not sure what he's going to do. And he's keeping the uh, the door open. He's got a year of eligibility left. He's got to keep the door open to possibly return to USC. Uh, he called it a, quote, game time decision. Um, hmm. He said some weird stuff to say. Do you remember one of the losses? He said, I just want to go home and you know, eat my milk and cookies. And like a lot of, I don't know. <laughs> some I, love milk, I love milk and cookies, by the way. I do too. But it was, he's, it's just some, some, weird, some weird stuff uh, from him this year. So hey, he's listen, not going to win the Heisman this year. Uh, Look, I can tell you he, that. He ain't stupid. He does not want to play in Chicago. Yeah. He, he ain't stupid. Yeah. He don't want to play there. It could um, be it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, you can – look, I, would I risk another year in college? Ultimately, no. I'd go get the insane money in the NFL. But, but you're getting but so away. much money in NIL yeah, now. Yeah, I was about to say. You play but... another year, and and hopefully you get away from you know, the Chicagos of the world, and you could end up somewhere else. Right. Uh I'll tell you one of the moves I'm making with, with the with those picks of Chicago's. They have mm-hmm. two picks in the top two or three. One of them is Marvin Harrison Jr. I can promise you that, but that's a that's a whole different story. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm definitely making a play for Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, do you think Justin Fields is even going to be there next year? Do you think they move him? It's feeling more and more like no. Uh, it's mm. feeling more and more like no, and I don't know that he's been given the best uh, opportunity there, the best chance there. Yeah, but it's feeling more and more like no. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, talented dude. You see I think he, he just needs to change the scenery. I, I am not. He's not a write-off for me. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you, do you think Atlanta makes a move for him? Rob is a cookie dunker. I'm shocked. I'm not. I'm not Sills. Wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. You're not like a moving cookie guy. 
<laughs> what? So oh, look at cookies on a bomb. Yeah, as you would expect. I know. Oh my Listen, God, I know. Man. I know, man. I know. I know. Weirdo. Listen, Jeez. I admit it. I'm a weirdo. So when people come at me with the food stuff, you're correct. No argument. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be the first. I'm oh in the front of the God. line. Like, yes, weirdo. That is that is that is hilarious, man. Yes, you, yes. You're missing you're missing out on all the all kinds of fun. All, you said all the parents, all the pleasantries of life. My parents said that to me for years. They're like, "Do you have any idea what you're missing out on here? Any idea? You know?" I swear to God, it was like verbatim that conversation was had over and over again. Uh, mm. All right, so a couple other things. James Bradbury asked point blank uh, to comment on Debo Samuel calling him trash. Uh, he said, "You're going to have to ask him." I love it. Take the high road this week. Let them let them do all the nonsense. Let them yap, and then your your play on the field will show them. I'm telling you, Tone, this is great. Take the high road, boys. Perfect. Yeah, and I mean Bradbury's not that kind of guy anyway. So Bradbury's, you know, he's he's very Slay's the guy who would get in the get in the mud with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Slay's the, Slay the guy that um he says all the things that Bradbury wants to say, but he won't say. <laughs> he's that kind of guy. Yeah. You know, he, He's the guy. He, he's the guy. Like, hold on, wait, hold on, bro. Hold my beer. I got you. Like, he's he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the first thing I'm doing if I'm in that locker room. As soon as I get done with Bradbury not saying anything, I'm going over to Slay. Hey, hey, Slay. Did you? What are your thoughts on what Debo said about your your guy? And then, you know, here we go. Mm. Um, oh, and, and Brandon. First of all, um, you, you, Orlovsky is very weird, like me. You're correct. Uh, but. Uh, Orlovsky models me in the weird food. I don't model him. So let, let's just get that clear. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, all right. So a couple other things to, uh, to dive into. This is a big loss for the Texans. Again, another team fighting for, we're, we're going to get into this in a minute, but you know, a place in the AFC playoffs. Um, they lost their starting guard, Titus Howard. He's going to miss the rest of the year with yeah. a knee injury. He started every game he's ever played there. Um, he's played with a broken hand. He's, you know, he's done a lot of things, but, he was the Texans' first-round pick in 2019. He just signed a, a pretty lucrative deal that takes him through 2026. So that's a loss. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, Sprout. you know, there are certain guys, like you said, he he plays through everything. First first time he's missing time. Certain guys, I'm like, Look, man, I'm not even mad at you, man. You know, you know, just get healthy. That's all it is, man. Yeah. Guys like yeah. that, you you have nothing to prove. You know, you play yeah. through any and everything. You made yourself available. You signed a big contract. Um, you're able to um, you could you could take care of your family for the rest of their lives and beyond. Listen, man, just get some rest. Enjoy the time with family. Yeah. Um. The Vikings will start whomever can get can maximize the most out of Justin Jefferson when they come out of the bye. I was mm. a little surprised by this. Like, I, I thought, I, and look, Dobbs didn't play well. Make no mistake, he did not play well on Monday night. But I would rather stick with him than go with that rookie, the kid out of BYU. Uh, when they come, maybe back they're looking play. at it like this, right? Yeah, we know what Dobbs is. We gotta find out what this rookie is with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, we're gonna lose Kirk Cousins next year. Maybe they're looking at it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, comment that makes sense. I mean, I don't but aren't you still in a playoff hunt? You know what I mean? Like who gives you the best chance to win? Maybe they feel like it's it's the kid. I don't know. But like but I would they, think but, Dobbs. But they know they know they're not yeah. even as much as they're in the playoff hunt, they know damn well they're not even in the real conversation. They know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, but yeah, they're they're in the get in and one and done category. Yeah, you know, get in for pride purposes, but they know that they, they they know they have no shot at yeah. glory. Yep, yep. Well said, well said. All right, so a couple other things. Uh, interesting matchup Thursday night: Seattle and Dallas. 
Gino's apparently feeling a lot better than he felt last week with that elbow. Uh, Pete Carroll said night and day uh, with the way that he feels, but uh, you know, you're in you're Seattle, not to say Dallas doesn't need the game too. They obviously do. uh, If they're still think they have chances to be the one seed, but you know, Seattle's teetering. So Seattle's got to get this one. They're, they're the sixth seed right now at six and five. Mm-hmm. So you have Minnesota at six and six and Green Bay at five and six, um, you know, nipping at your heels here. So they need to win this game. I don't feel I I, I don't trust Seattle. I got to tell you, I, I, I think it's they're OK, but I don't trust them. I told you, man, five game losing streak loading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah five game losing. Now, look, do I want them to beat the Cowboys? Of course. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. We talked about this with Mike Silski. We want yeah. a lot of things. But what's what is what is logic telling you? Yeah. So um I think and they're on the road in Jerry World. And uh those cowboys, they play so much better on turf. Yeah. Uh, not looking good for Seattle, man. Um no. I, I, I honestly think, and we're gonna talk about this later on, but yep. I think it's entirely plausible Seattle falls out of the playoff race. Mm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um so th- this thing continues. The there's a the the woman who claims that she's Jerry Jones' daughter has refiled a defamation lawsuit against him and his attorney. Um, this thing goes way back, and he he had a an uh, non disclosure agreement with her and the mother and and the whole thing. And that means it's a kid. Then that means it's a kid. You would think. You would think. There, I don't think there's there's been an acknowledgement from the Jones side, but we you know we know whatever. Um, so she's, she's going back after him, you know, in court, uh, this, this one is just, there's, it continues, it continues to go on and on and on. Uh, but anyway, so, all right, let, let's look at this thing, Tom, let, let's dive into our predictors here. And what, what we mean by that is let, let's look at the standings here. We're talking playoff standings. Mm-hmm. So let's run through it real quick. The AFC Baltimore is number one at nine and three. Then Kansas City's two at eight and three. Jacksonville's three at eight and three. Miami's four at eight and three. Then it's Pittsburgh at five at seven and four. Cleveland seven and four at six. The Colts at six and five. They're number seven. And then after that, you have Houston at six and five, Denver at six and five, and Buffalo at six and six on the outside looking in. I think that's where it cuts off. <clears throat> oh, it, it, I agree. Then it's Cincinnati without Burrow, and it's the Raiders, and it's the Chargers. Forget it. I think that's yeah. 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 I the, think I think I, I I firmly believe um, Buffalo and up the Tim seed and up. That's 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 the shuffling board right there. Yes, agreed. All right. Well, let, let's 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 start with the AFC then. Uh, in your estimation, let's start at the top. Is Baltimore able to hold on to this thing, ride it out, and be the one seed, or do any of those teams that are Eight and three, even seven and four, catch them. It's crazy. They are all the way down to the fourth seed, three losses apiece. Yeah. This thing, it's going to come down to schedule and uh, who can take advantage of their opportunities. All right, let's look at this really quickly, right? I pulled up every one of these team schedules. Baltimore. Next up, they have they have Rams, Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers. Their hardest matchup, obviously, is the Niners and then Jags and then Dolphins, right? That three-game stretch is going to determine everything for them. Yeah. Um, and then, because look, if the if the Ravens can beat the Jags and the Dolphins, that's that's their ticket to the number one seed, if you ask me. Um, but then Kansas City, their road is paved with uh yellow bricks. 
They got they got Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. That path is significantly easier than the Baltimore Ravens path, correct? Yes. And then Jacksonville, yeah, they have Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans. Mm. The, the Jags have a beautiful three-game stretch at the end. Um, they're going to beat the Bengals. They're going to beat the Browns. It's that Ravens matchup. So, again, Jacksonville has an easier stretch than the Ravens. Um, Dolphins, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That final three-game stretch for the Dolphins, um, I don't know how well they can fare in that. And then they obviously Commanders, Titans, Jets has an easy stretch. So if I had to rank the, the schedules in terms of difficulty, Ravens have the most difficult stretch. Um, and then I put the Dolphins right right under them with the mm-hmm. second most difficult stretch. And then uh and then I put the um the Jacksonville Jaguars um third as far as difficulty and then the Chiefs. So just based off of that alone. Um, the Chiefs have the highest probability of getting the number one seed. What are your thoughts? I think the Chiefs are the number one. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to surpass the Ravens. Now, it, it doesn't – I think <clears throat> the Ravens are really good, but the not having Mark Andrew, Andrews, I think, hurts them at some point. The The Ravens have that stretch that, you know, that we're, that they're at Jacksonville, at San Fran, Miami home, Pittsburgh home. I, they finish really tough. It's a really tough finish for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to hurt them. I, I actually think that I think they may end up being number two, um, just because there's there's man, it's so tight. I, I like Jacksonville and I like Miami, but I think I like Baltimore a little bit more. So I'm going to go Kansas. Even with City. that, even with that schedule, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm going to go KC Baltimore because I think they'll run the ball and I think their defense will do enough to get them a couple of wins in that stretch. Okay, I'm going to go. Um, I'll, I'll probably go, go Jacksonville three, Miami four. I don't know what to make of Pittsburgh, man. Like, have they turned the corner with the new coordinator? Um, hmm. I don't like Cleveland's quarterback setup, and I'll go Pittsburgh five, Cleveland six, Houston Texans seven. I think they they eke out the the Colts. I think okay. the Texans get in. Okay, I got. I got Chiefs one, Jacksonville two, Ravens three, Dolphins four. Um, yeah, five, six, I seven, have, is I, tough, I, right? I have, I have Broncos five. Broncos five. Yep. I have Broncos five. Um, Texans six. Mm. Steelers seven. Good call. I like that. I like your. I like your bottom. I like the close there uh, for the, the bottom of the, the standings. That's good. Yeah. All right, let's go NFC. Eagles uh, one at ten and one. San Fran two at eight and three. Lions three at eight and three. Falcons four at five and six. Cowboys five at eight and three. Seattle six at six and five. Minnesota seven at six and six. Then it's Green Bay, the Rams, and the Saints all five and six. All right. First question. Will the Eagles remain atop the NFC? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think they've done themselves a lot of favors, um, giving themselves that two-game buffer um, against the 49ers and, uh, you know, Lions and the Cowboys. Um, they've done themselves uh, tremendous justice doing in doing what they did. Um, they still have to um, obviously play the games that are coming up, and they still have to win most of them than they lose. Um, but in this, in, in this final five-game stretch, right, um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles um, – 
where, where are we? One, two, three, six game stretch, excuse me. In this final six game stretch, um, I think if the, I I think they win, I think they win the uh, the NFC, even if they go four and two in this final stretch. Because mm-hmm. in my opinion, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, that's a guaranteed three wins right there. There's a guaranteed three wins. I agree. So, if, if they choose to to play it out, yeah, yeah, right. I think at this rate, I think they beat Seattle at this rate. Okay, I really, I really do. Um, uh, the 49ers Cowboys. Oh, I think they can. I think they can win both of those games. But do I actually think they will? Um, it's going to be a split somewhere. It's going to be a split between 49ers and Cowboys. I just can't pinpoint where the loss or where the win is coming from. Um, and again, right, you know, we talked about this with Mike Sealski, right? Of course, we want them to win every game, but at some point, um, other team has other teams, you know, they're going to show up as well. So, um, I think honestly, as a matter of fact, over this six game stretch, I think the Philadelphia Eagles go five and one over this final six game stretch. Five and one, okay. I think they go uh, five and one over the final I think, I think the, it's hard to say what the record's going to be because the last three could be meaningless, or at least the last two. Uh, yeah, at least so the last two, yeah, tough to call. I do think they remain number one. Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think number two can go a lot of different ways. Um, I think it's most likely San Fran. Mm-hmm. Because they have Eagles, Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders, mm-hmm. Rams. That Ravens game is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, I think I think Seattle's going to play them tough, um, but they still lose it. Um, I, uh, the Eagles game, I think the Eagles win that game. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just again the fact that the fact that these teams have three losses, the Eagles have one. All of those other teams, they can't. They have to hope the Eagles lose. Yeah, somewhere. they need help. It's not. They need it's, help. Yeah, Dallas obviously plays them head to head, so does San Fran, but they need help also. I I think Dallas surpasses the Lions, so I think your order is da- Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, because the Niners also have the head to head against Dallas if they have the same record. So I think mm. it's though because they, they beat them down when they played them. So I think it goes Eagles, Niners, Dallas, Detroit. Actually, four has to be – no, Detroit will be four. Actually, no, no, I'm sorry. It would go Eagles, Niners. Yeah, Detroit would win that division, right? So it would go Eagles, Niners. Oh, you know, actually, it'd be Eagles, Niners. It would stay the same, actually. Detroit, mm-hmm. whoever's winning the the South, and then Dallas. So it really wouldn't change, right? Because you have to have that team slotted in there as four who wins their division. Right, which is which is crazy, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, that's pretty much how I have it, too. Eagles, Niners, Detroit. Um, now, as far as who's going to win this NFC South, that's the real question, right? Yeah. Um. If I had if I had to really bank on who wins that who wins that uh division, uh I want to say the Saints, but I don't, it's something about them, man. I just can't I can't get jiggy with. So yeah. um who do you think it is? The Falcons? You know what? I'm gonna go out on the limb here. I think I think uh ooh, there's so many there are so many NFC South games coming up. Yeah, they like they, match. Terrible division, but yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say, oh wait, Baker's hurt. Okay, so you know what? I'm gonna go with the Saints. I think the Saints are gonna win um, their division. 
So it's going to be Eagles, 49ers, Lions, Saints. Um, I got the Cowboys at five. Um, Seattle at I got Seattle at six. And you're gonna be this is gonna shock you, but I got uh I got Green Bay at seven. Green Bay gets in. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Green, Green Bay sneaks in. Oh man, okay. Um because after the Chiefs game, all those other games they have, very winnable. Very winnable. Yeah. And I, I don't do you, I don't like any of these teams at the bottom, really. At all. Um, at all. Yeah. I, I so you who's out in your estimation? Seattle or Minnesota? Which one's out? Uh if my theory holds true, I guess that would push Seattle out, right? Okay. So Seattle um, gets out. You're gonna have then but, but here's three the thing, teams though. from the north. Minnesota, you know what? You, you would have Green Bay, this is Minnesota, tough and Detroit all from the north. I mean, it's possible. The Eagles had three out of this their is division. tough, though. Vikings got Raiders, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. That final three-game stretch is going to decide everything. Yeah. Oh, damn, this is tough. Like, the bottom the bottom of the NFC is really tough. It's only about three teams I'm really taking serious. Um, but, look, the Rams are kind of right there. They're five and six. Yeah. The Rams, what are they? I had their schedule right here coming up. They have – Browns, Ravens, Commanders, Saints, Giants, Fortnite. Oh, no, I don't think they get in. No, the Rams don't get in. So, yeah, um, I think – you know what? I'm going to put Seattle as my seventh seed. Okay. And um, I think Green Bay is the sixth seed. Okay. That's where I'm All at right. with that. So, Eagles, Niners, Lions, um, Saints, uh, Cowboys. Then I have Green Bay. And then I have – the Seahawks. Seahawks get I, in by the skin of their teeth. The only thing I'm going to change, I'm going to keep the Vikings seven, Seattle six. I'm going to flip, and this goes against what I said at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to flip New Orleans and Atlanta. I think New Orleans is going to somehow weasel their way in and win that division, even though they, they're not worthy. But that's how it's going to happen, and Atlanta's going to be out. All right? Okay. So there you go. Okay, There's yeah. our predictors. Yep. So you and actually, you and I are pretty much the same. We're except close for the Vikings, right? Yes, for, except for the Vikings and the Packers. That's the only difference. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's hit it. Let's come back. Uh, interesting. Interesting um, thoughts from Jay Wright in regards to the Sixers. Uh, we'll talk hmm. some Sixers. We'll talk some Mark Cuban, who's selling off some assets, and a really cool gesture uh, by an actor and his wife bunch of stuff that we'll get into to close it out. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Appreciate you hanging with us. He's told I am Rob. We are all right, so um, the Kelsey brothers uh, score the number one hit on the Billboard charts with "Fairy Tale of Philadelphia." So Taylor Swift's in trouble because her boyfriend is now landing number one hits. Uh, that was hilarious. Number one on the rock digital song sales and holiday digital song sales charts. Uh, the the song has racked up one point one million uh, official U.S. streams from November 17th through the 23rd, according to Billboard. So there okay. you go. All right. Um, so that's there. And, and I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of the songs of, on both that and the um, the Eagles you know, Christmas special that goes to, to Eagles Autism and Eagles Charity. So cool stuff. Mm. All right. So, uh, yeah, that is cool. All right. So a couple other, other odds and ends here. So Jay Wright was recently on a podcast. And... Laid out a scenario. This goes back to pre, pre a bunch of things. It, it's pre Villanova winning 
the, the national championship in 2016 and 18, it's before Sam Henke, okay? Because at that point, Ed Stefanski was the director of basketball operations for the Sixers. So we're going back a little ways. But he said that he and Stefanski met at Stefanski's house. They sat there. They talked about Jay taking the coaching job for the Sixers. They did X's and O's. They went through scenarios, blah, blah, blah. And Jay said he was close to taking the gig. He said he thought long and hard about it. But the one thing that he kept getting back to was, in the NBA, you're hired to be fired. Mm. And he said, ultimately, what am I going to do if I get fired? I probably want to go back to college basketball. And if I went back to college basketball, where would I want to coach? I'd want to coach at Villanova. Villanova at that point could already have a coach. So I may not be able to go back to Villanova. So why am I going through this exercise if ultimately my landing point is Villanova I'm going to stay at Villanova. He said, I love the Sixers. I want nothing more than for the Sixers to have success, but it just wasn't right for me at the time. A very honest answer, man. You know, I get it. I, I get it. And I'm, I'm totally not mad at the, um, mad at the notion that, you know, look, it, I'll be cutting my nose to spread my face. If, you know, if, if, if I take this job, I mean, you know, it's a more, a higher stress environment. You know, um, I'm already dominating, you know, where I am now. Um, I'm developing young guys, preparing them for the league. I have a bunch of young guys that are in the league killing it right now. Um, I can go, I, I can go out on my own terms, mm-hmm. go out a college basketball legend. Um, why, why I give myself the, the stress for one, why I tarnish my legacy for two and why I take the smaller paycheck for three. Come on. <laughs> let's be honest about this. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he's enjoying life now. He's, he's broadcasting. He's, He's, he's living having a good fun. Life. He's having Smart. fun. Smart. You know what I mean? Yep. See, I, I see. I'm, I'm all, listen, man. For me, I could care less about being the biggest anything. Did I maximize my journey? Did I, you know, you know, you know, did I, you know, did I take my chips and go home too often? Too often. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it play out in real life. Too often people don't know when to get out of the casino. Yes. And. And they got no money to get home. They don't have any yep. gas money, no tolls, no nothing. Yep, they're leveraging the house for this mm-hmm. craps game. Mm-hmm. And guys, guys bet on their legacy. They bet, you know, you know, they put their uh, you know, they leverage their uh, their reputation, they leverage um their you know, their peace of mind, so many different things. And peace of mind is so important these days. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's uh, it's underrated for sure. All right, Sixers at the Pelicans tonight. So it looks like CJ McCollum's coming back from them. They ha- he had the collapsed lung. That's uh, good. So, That's yeah, good. he'll be he'll be playing against the Sixers tonight. It's uh, the two game road trip. They are in New Orleans tonight, and then they go to Boston um, on Friday. So w- what they have right now, they're twelve and five. We talked about this a little bit earlier with Mike Sealski, but mm-hmm. Celtics are fourteen and four. Uh, they have the most wins in basketball. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans off to a very middling start. They're nine and nine uh, at this point. So I, I would say get this one in the bag tonight. See what happens on Friday when you have to go to Boston uh, if you're the Celtics. So coming off a good win when they uh, they smacked the Lakers the other day, okay. uh, did the Sixers. So, yeah. Uh, you see this Mark Cuban thing? So he's selling, reportedly, selling a significant share of the Mavericks to the Adelson family. They were in the casino business. Mm-hmm. Um it estimated what he's selling would net him three point five billion uh, coming back. Would would, would, still, would net him that? That's what he's that? getting back. But but he still retains final say. He still has ownership. He, it's not all. Of it. It's not the whole team. 
but so he it's it's a portion of the team. It's, it, it's just a strong. It's just a large portion. Correct. Yeah, and he would still retain, you know, any any kind of deciding, you know, control over you know play operations and the, the valuation range is three point five million. Um, it could take weeks for this to process. Billion, billion right? Up, uh, jeez, did I say million? Yeah, you said you, you, it's a billion, billion with a billion, B, big billion. B. Yeah, with a B. Yes, B is in boy. That is uh, my bad on that. So the entirety of the two billion goes towards the purchase. That would mean the Adelson family. That's the the, the, the who's acquiring this would be acquiring at least fifty seven percent of the team. the The valuation of that is three point five billion. Okay, um, he's owned the team since two thousand. Uh, we bought them for 285 million. So they were in the nice toilet when he bought them too. They were in the toilet when he bought them. Oh, they them. were big time. Yeah, they were big time. But he he will remain governor of the franchise and in control of all basketball decisions. He also just stepped down, I think, after 16 seasons from Shark Tank. I wonder is hey, he listen. like is something going on like where he's saving up for something massive or is he in a little trouble here? I don't know. Hey, hey, hey listen, what did I just say to you earlier? Some people just know when to get out of the casino. Maybe. And guess what? You bought them for what? 200 or something million. You managed to make out with 3.5 billion in the the bank. 20 years or whatever. Yeah. And you, and you, and you you were there for all the great years, you know, um, you won one. You won one. Listen, he has nothing left to prove. He has, he, he's a genius. And you, and you, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like selling part of your house, but you still, but you still have, but you still control everything that happens inside of it. Like, you know, what yeah, I mean? it's got to be it's, weird. It's it's genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, think about know. it. Like, I'm paying genius billions of dollars, and I still don't have final say on what color the uh, the offices are painted. Like, that's there's gonna be some weird stuff. You can you can make an argument. He you can make an argument. He's being paid three point five billion for a little less stress. Yeah, you can make. You can make I mean, he still controls a lot of it, but you can still make an argument that he's. He's um he's uh he just made out like a bandit. You're right. Hey, listen, it's the reason he was on Shark Tank. It's the reason. Shout out to Mark Cuban, man. You uh, you I know you watch that show, right? It's a great show. Um, I don't watch it religiously, but um, no, I don't watch it religiously either. Right? I used to watch it. I used to, I used to watch it a lot, but um, I've I've seen a lot of different clips and all that kind of stuff, and you know, a lot of people made out well from that show. So um, yeah, man. Um, Shark Tank is a what was a phenomenon, man, and um. I'm a real big Damon John uh, yeah. fan. You know what I mean? The FUBU guy for us, by us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love I, I love that guy. So, again, man, Mark Cuban, salute you, my brother. Salute you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, a couple other things here. This was cool. Rob McElhenney of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, who's a Philly guy, and his wife, Caitlin Olson. So, they you saw the jacket, the, uh, the Lady Die jacket that they were uh, – Kylie Kelsey, who's Jason's wife, was modeling the green one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that went on. They they were the Eagles put that uh up for bid uh to raise money for their their autism foundation. And uh Rob McElhenney bid sixty two thousand dollars. You know, obviously it's Jason Kelsey's number, sixty. Yeah. What he didn't know, his wife was bidding for it as well, right? So those two were were kind of bidding against each other, but Somebody came in with a massive bid and overdid both of them. So McElhenney's like, you know what? I'm I'm this far in, man. I got to keep going. He bid a hundred thousand dollars for the jacket. It all all that went to Eagles Autism for his wife. 
that's pretty freaking cool, man. And it, look, it, I know people are going to say, oh, he's got the money, he's rich. That's still an unbelievable gesture by anybody. I don't care who it I is. I mean, him and him and um, um, Ryan Reynolds own the um, soccer team, uh, yeah, Wrexham, Wrexham as well. So yeah, they're doing so, very well. Um, he's, yeah, he's doing um, he's doing pretty well for himself. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, wasn't his wife his co-star on Always Always yeah. Sunny as well? Yeah, blonde-haired yeah. girl, Caitlin. Right, right, right. She's yeah. Very funny. She, yeah, she 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 is pretty funny. She was on this show called what the the Mick or the the Mick, uh I can't remember what it was, but it's it's funny. She's 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 a funny chick. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, man, hey, look, man, if it ain't it ain't tricking if you got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yep. I mean. And by the way, that was a brilliant marketing campaign campaign that he and uh Ryan Reynolds did for that Wrexham thing. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think they're in their second season of the docu series um yeah. about it. So I got to get Ryan- back to that. I watched like the first three or four maybe. And then I got off of it. I got to go back to it. Cause I thought it was, it, it had a lot of like sort of Ted Lasso feel to it, but it was, mm-hmm. it was, it's real life obviously, but it was, uh, I think the team's doing better and they're, they're, you know, it turned that thing into a profitable, uh, you know, adventure for them. So yeah, that's awesome. That's dope. Good for them. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Jordan Mailata was asked, you know, about all the trash talk. Now, you know, my is going to, you know, they know my lot of talks. Let me tell you something. If there is a guy, if there's one guy on the Eagles who has zero filter, it's my If You ever get him around a hot mic? Be careful. I will just tell you that from doing interviews with him. He throws F-bombs around like they're, uh, yeah, it's uh, anyway. Uh, so he basically went into a whole thing like talk is cheap and, you know, let's see Sunday. Like, I, I you know, I'm I, not crazy, but, you know, he, he was. I think what you're going to get is there are going to be certain guys. I think Slay is going to be one of them. My lot is going to be one of them who aren't going to bite their tongue. You know, I don't think they're mm. going to go as crazy as, as what's been going on here, but they're not going to bite their tongue either. You know, what's so crazy. This game is going to be highly penalized. I can feel it. Yes. Cause the, the refs are already afraid. It's going to get chippy. Yeah. They're, like, listen, the refs are going to be on high alert yep. and they're going to, they're going to be throwing penalty flags to the point where, you know, See, it's all about precedent, right? Yeah. And you know, they're gonna they're gonna establish the precedent very early. Yeah. And if they allow them to go to a certain point, then this game is gonna get insane. But if they throw penalties on the slightest little, that means they're already preconceived in their mind that we're not gonna allow this game to get because they fought in the NFC championship, remember? They fought. That's correct. Um, oh, there was a yeah, Trent Williams and and I think it was exactly Trent Williams and uh, I can tell you right Kevon now, Wallace. He, uh, Kevon Wallace Trent, got booted. Trent, Trent, Trent Williams. <laughs> Trent Williams. I don't know what he did to him, but he he, he threw him like he was a rag doll. Oh, that, like, that's like, not a fair <laughs> fight, man. That is that is. You're talking about. I mean, God bless, God bless Kevon for for mixing it up with him because that yeah, is man. not a dude that I am getting near. If any of that stuff's I'm, happening, I'm, I'm I'm cool off that, man. I'm cool, yeah. but um, yeah, this it's going to be a chippy game, man. Um, we're going to find out very early on um, what the precedent is going to be for that matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree with you. I do. I, and I, I almost worry about that a little bit where that, you, you know, let them play football. I, I hope it's not, you sneeze the wrong way and you're throwing flags, man. You know, I, that's not, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to become a referee game or no, no flow to it at all. Yeah. But also I think the coaches are going to be on higher alert as well. I think the coaches are going to say, listen, we know, we know what this game comes with. Stay disciplined. Focus on your keys. Do your job. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And we'll see. And we'll see who discipline is going to win this game. If you ask me, the team that's most disciplined, the team that keeps the most together in the most crucial moments, is going to win the game. Yeah. And okay. I think that's where the Eagles have the edge. 
I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, all right, here's the offensive uh, tail of the tape. So uh, Eagles, 28.2 points per game. 49ers, 28.2 points per game. Wow. Total yards, 386.1 for the Niners, 364.3 to the Eagles. Third down percentage, Niners, 44.4. Eagles, 47.3. Red zone, something we haven't talked a lot about, how good the Eagles have gotten. 61.4 for the Niners, 62.8 for the Eagles. Wow. Okay, so the Eagles are top five in scoring, third down percentage, and red zone. Niners, top five in scoring, total yards per game, and third down percentage. These are two very evenly matched offenses, man. Very, mm-hmm. very tight here. Yeah. This is going to come down to turnovers, and it's been an issue all year for the Eagles. they got to clean it up. Yeah, man. Um, this is going to be a hell of a matchup, Rob. This is a slugfest. This, yeah, is, this, this, this is this is a heavyweight bout, my man. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is this is Muhammad. This is Muhammad versus George Foreman, or or, <laughs> or um, Joe Frazier, or Joe Frazier. However you want to yeah. slice it, man. Uh, uh-huh. this, this this is good. This is this is gonna be. It's the kind of game you lift weights for before you watch it. You know what I mean? You just yeah. you just you just you just get nice and you know. You know what you, this day is. This is a wake up Sunday. Without an alarm early, and you're like, you better figure out something to do with your time on Sunday, or you're going to be out of your mind until kickoff. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on pins and needles on Sunday. Yeah, you better get busy. Like you, <laughs> I don't mean like that. Uh, or though you could do that, but you better stay hey, listen, busy. That you better stay busy. Hell of a that stress day. reliever. <laughs> hell of a stress reliever. I'll tell Slump you buster. No, but you, it, it is a day where you want to make sure <laughs> uh, that you have a lot planned. How's that? How's that sound? Does that sound better? Have a lot of oh planned that day. That yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> Keep yourself busy. A slip of the tongue. No, no pun intended. Um, no, but stay busy sure. that day. Keep yourself, uh, keep yourself occupied because I think you know there's there's so many like I can only imagine like the twists and turns. Today's only Wednesday. The twists and turns we're going to have over the next three days, you know, leading into this thing. It's going to get nuts. It really is. Yeah, man. It's going to get nuts. Oh yeah. By the way, you guys, make sure you um. Smash that like button. You know, we, we we always forget about that thing. Um, smash that like button and make sure you guys are um always engaged in the content. We appreciate you guys as always. Um, keep smashing that like button, keep hitting it, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. Let's get a rush on it. Um, but yeah, Rob, um, this game is gonna be one for the books. Um, could could end up being one of the greatest games of the year, could end up being one of the most sloppiest games of the year, could end up being one of the most physical games of the year. Um, there's a you know, there's a lot involved with it, man. It's a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. Uh, all right, so uh, I mentioned Jake Elliott got the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Jake Elliott, career four for four from 58 yards plus. Uh, Justin Tucker, three for 13 from 58 yards plus. I would have never thought I would have never thought that. Are you for real? I, I, I am not kidding you, man. 58 um, yards plus? Yes. So he's three for 13, which is 23%. Wow. So, I, I mean, I'm... I'm blown away by that. Honestly, I'm blown away by that. I would have never, uh, I, I would have thought it'd be really close. You know, I, 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 I'm not shocked at Elliot. I'm shocked at Tucker. Tucker's yeah, yeah, money, yeah. Tucker's money inside the 50, like everything. He's almost Mr. Automatic in five, inside the 50, his whole career. But I'm surprised from long range. He's not better at that. And it's not, and it's, it's, it's obviously not the boot. It's he the people that are 60 plus. So it's a little bit misleading for Tucker. FYI. Wait, what is it? He's hit a couple from 60 plus. 
Mm. Tucker has. So it's a touch misleading. Okay. Does that make sense? In the in the fifties, yeah. he's not as good as as uh as Jake. What's his um do you know what his numbers are from, from the 16 beyond? No, I I could pull it up, but no, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but yeah, isn't that interesting though? I, I didn't like it's like a landslide. Yeah, that is strange. That's strange. I'm curious about that. Yeah, because Let's Elliot, see. you know, I I he, he better than Acres. A lot of people are already saying he is. That's the thing. Close. A lot of, a lot of people are already saying uh that he is, man. So that's just it's a tough call. Let's, Let's see here. So from 50 plus on the season, Jake Elliott, six for seven, Dustin Hopkins, seven for seven, Matt, Matt Gay, seven for 10, Matt Prater, six for eight, Carlos Santos, six for six. Um, Where is our guy, Jake, Justin? Yeah, wow, so Jake, Justin Tucker, okay, so no, look, this is 58 plus. So that, in, that includes the 60s. So it's 58 plus, Elliott's four for four, Tucker's three for 13. Tucker is also one for five. From fifty plus this season, so he doesn't quite have the leg that he used to have. That that's what that tells me. Yeah, his leg is starting to starting to fade because from from um forty to forty nine, he's eight for nine. Um, thirty to thirty nine, he's um, where is I just had it? Thirty for thirty nine, he is. Here it is, six for six. You know, like he doesn't miss any. Like clearly, the boot is is, is starting to fade. That's exactly what that tells me. Yeah, he's overcompensating, yeah, and he yeah. can't he can't make them. So interesting. That, that, that could be huge in the playoffs. Could be keep, something to keep your eye on. Uh, all right, we're uh, we're out of time. Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys, yep. Smash that like button, you guys. Hit it for me. Hit that like button if you could. We appreciate it. Uh, don't go anywhere because you have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Uh, and by the way, all the best to Sil's wife. I know she had a little health issue. But apparently uh, she's doing good now. So, Dan, uh, all the best to you and your family. And, uh, Tone, enjoy the rest of your day, pal. Uh, have fun with Likewise, Dan. my friend. Likewise. And uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, man. Looking forward to it. All right? So, always, always fun, my man. It's always pleasure. fun. Pleasure. Pleasure. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will see you guys same time tomorrow. Thanks. Appreciate it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.